Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break, which is a show we do every Monday and Friday here on the Unsafe Space Network. I'm Carter. Today is what? Friday, July 23rd. I am joined, as always, by the lovely Carrie Smith right over there. Hello, Carter. Hey, Carrie. Reporting from an undisclosed location. And... I know. Uh, I think that location has been. That's a repeat undisclosed location. People will <laughs> recognize the background on there. <laughs> I should get one of those green screens. Uh, just a couple of announcements. We have book club coming up August fifteenth. We're doing nonfiction this month. If you guys want to join, it's Michael Malice's The Anarchist Handbook, which is a collection of essays. And you can find out more info at unsafespace.com on the book club page. Free to join and participate. We also have our first ever retreat coming up this August in Texas, and there are still day passes available. I'm not sure about rooms, but you can go to Unsafe There may be, but it will tell you on the website. I think there's I think there's rooms uh, available still, but not many. Um, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. YouTube likes to kick you off of your, if you've been subscribed in the past, you might want to double check. They like to- uh, They unsubscribe me. Like when you're subscribed. Yeah, so <laughs> they just unsubscribe you. Go subscribe. <laughs> And if you haven't yet subscribed, why not? Um, also, I would like to say happy birthday to Beverly, who is normally the show producer, but she's taking the day off from her underpaid position as show producer to go miniature golfing and do other birthday activities. So, um, <laughs> happy so, birthday to Beverly. So, happy birthday to Beverly, and say a prayer for Carter running the tech. Oh, or yeah, no, it's oh. Boomer Tech Day. Um, <laughs> also, I do want to, there's two other things I want to do. One is, I want to thank two people. One is Libby Glass. Libby Glass made this quilt for I, for those of you who don't know, we're expecting a child in October. So uh, Libby made this awesome quilt with hedgehogs on it. And thank you, Libby. Uh, Libby Glass. And That's so um, cool. yeah, and Marie Busky made this awesome baby blanket and sent a <laughs> knitting kit with instructions for my daughter to uh, learn how to knit. Now, the thing that Marie, I think, got wrong about it was she explained why knitting is good for you to learn. I'm going to rewrite it so it's why it's fun, because I don't think why knitting is good for you is going to work on a 12-year-old. But I'm going to try and convince her to use the knitting kit <laughs> and learn to knit. So I she thought you were going to say she sent a knitting, a knitting kit for your baby, which is uh, really starting I think it's young. a little bit early. I think she <laughs> meant my 12-year-old. She said okay. it's for your daughter. I think she meant the 12-year-old daughter, not the, I don't know, minus three-month-old. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see. Uh, I, we can try. We'll give it to the baby as soon as she's born. And if she takes up the knitting Oh, so needles... you've, you've picked the gender then. I didn't realize you, you chose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. So we've, we've assigned it already. Okay. <laughs> we've already assigned the gender. Um, so, Big and it. pronouns. So yeah, we're we're bigoted already. Okay, um, all right. Let's introduce our guests. We have a couple guests today, and we we realized right before the show that we had them on together last time, and that was also like That's wasn't intended to have the same couple, but it's the same couple guests together. Um, one of them is Libby Emmons. Libby, let's see if I can add her to the stream here. There she is. Hey Welcome, Libby. Hi, Libby. Thanks. Nice to see you. Uh, it's good to see you. Why don't you remind people who haven't seen you before uh, who you are and how to follow you? Uh, my name's Libby Emmons. I'm the editor in chief at the Post Millennial, and you can find me 
on Twitter at Libby Emmons or at the Post Millennial every day. Awesome. And our other guest, now that you, if you know the past show, you know who our other guest is, is Daniel Wagner. Daniel, welcome. Good morning. How are you doing? We're doing well. Daniel, tell, tell everyone where you are and how they can find you. I am in my studio right now in south of Nashville, and I am Daniel Wagner, the host of the Unframe of Mind show and YouTube channel and podcast and all that good stuff. Um, and uh, it's a place where we have uncomfortable conversations without a condom. And I'm just here because <laughs> they felt sorry for me. And I they said, this guy needs more people. So watch his show. So, just kidding. You, you missed, Daniel and I had a very uncomfortable conversation before we went live. Actually, we before did. Carrie or the beach <laughs> showed up. It was, it was, we, we very much did. Very awkward. Um, which we won't repeat. So. Okay. <laughs> well. I just want to, I'm just underlining that he's very good at uncomfortable conversations. I made it like a, an awkward statement and he just grabbed the bull by the horns and went with it. And it was like, oh. That was an unfortunate there, pun for those who aren't. It, it was an unfortunate pun for those of you. Okay. We're, enough with the inside jokes. Um. Yeah. Hi. I don't know. Even how do we segue into actually talking about? I want to segue I'm, into. I'm at a loss. Well, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna hog the uh, the conch. Is that what they remember that book? The conch, where you get the conch, you get to do a topic or talk. I've Lord of the Flies. I've never heard that. I didn't. I never read no. Lord of the Flies either. So okay. I did read well, Lord of the Flies. Yeah. I have the shelf. So I wanted to talk about Eric Clapton. Have you guys seen all this pushback happening? I, just, I guess I wasn't aware of it until yesterday is when I first started to see it. He's been, the more I've read about it, I guess he's been um, progressively saying more and more things that, that are, that's like bothering the establishment. So he started off by doing a song with Van Morrison that was against government forced lockdowns, which they didn't like. And I didn't really follow that when that happened. But then recently he just announced that he's not going to, uh, play at any venues that require the audience to show proof of vaccination because he thinks people should be able to choose if they want to get vaccinated or not. And you would think it's like, this guy's not saying he's against forcing people to do something. He's had the vaccine himself, but he's against forcing people to do something. And they've just come down on him. Like there's their article after article today that I was looking at and the most egregious headline actually pull up the LA times one. First, I gave you the opposite. Oh, I thought you told me I was already yeah. on the one you wanted me to pull. Oh, already. damn it. Okay, hold on, hold on. No, no, I'll switch. I, I can do it. But look even, at this. Even headline. without Beverly, I can do it. See, Beverly, you're not needed. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Fighting words. <laughs> this, is the, this is the LA Times. It says yeah. uh, Eric Clapton's not God, just another vile anti vaxxer. I'm just for the people listening. How? How are you an anti-vaxxer if you took the vaccine? <laughs> yeah, I think I'm a little bit upset at this claim that he's not a god. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, if I'm going to believe in a god, it's definitely going to be Eric Clapton. It's going to be Eric Clapton. Yeah, he's at least the god of the guitar. Something. I think it's. Wow. I think this whole thing has been a little insane and so overblown, and it's just more evidence of this perpetual push by pretty much everybody on either side of the political divide in terms of pundits and you know politicians to push a narrative and to require that that narrative uh, be the paramount indicator of truth. And it's just not, 
there's room for nuance. There's room to not force people to get vaccinated if they don't want to. Um, and to say that you're fine with the vaccine. The both things can be true. I agree with Clapton. I don't think people should be forced to get vaccinated. And I don't think that their employers should force them to do it or the government. I've been vaccinated myself, mostly um, mostly because of my mom. <laughs> but, you know, we it's all okay to reasons. even say, yeah, it's even okay to say you think you should be vaccinated but sure. you're not going to require it. Like, right. And it's that's also fine. To require anybody to take a medication. And the other thing too, is like, we used to have a very clear understanding of this when it came to HIV uh, and AIDS. It's not polite to ask people if they have that illness or if they're taking medication to not get it or anything like that. Like, why are we um, making these kind of assumptions? I, I don't think it's reasonable per personally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just to be clear, you've had the vaccine, but you don't think it should be forced on people. So you're a vile anti-vaxxer too. I am yep. probably, probably so. <laughs> <That's right>. Okay. <laughs> yep, Is that what I... you're getting from that? Uh, the reason <laughs> I got the vaccine actually, uh, after like, sur you know, surviving this whole time, um, was my mom, basically my mom mandated the fact that I get your the mom vaccine. My man mom mandated it. It's hard to go against your well, mom, especially when she has a, a beach house and you want to go to it. It's like, yeah, that was sort of well. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously skeptical <laughs> about them, but like I, oh, but old people maybe like I've I know a few people that are older that I was like, you probably should get like, you probably should get it. Like it's you're at risk for COVID, so and you're at risk for like serious complications for COVID. So maybe if there's a risk for a vaccine that's in uh, emergency authorization status, which the vaccines are, um, you know, maybe that risk is smaller than, than the COVID risk. Like maybe you should get it. And the, I guess if yeah. you're going to be around someone that's got it and they really want you to like, I mean, that makes sense. I'm not, I don't, I don't think any of us have a problem with people getting vaccinated. It's just. The other concern that I have is if we start mandating it for adults, we're going to start mandating it for kids. And I oh, really yeah. don't yes. think that that's, acceptable. I'm really concerned that come the fall, the school or my son's going next year with his new school, that they're going to demand that he get vaccinated. He's 11. Um, I'm concerned about, especially like all these thoughts have been running through my mind, but um, a lot of kids have gotten kind of chunky during the pandemic because they couldn't do anything everything was closed, all the athletes, my kid doesn't play sports anyway, but like I at least dragged him around the park a bunch and forced him to go bike riding with me. Um, and his doctor said that a lot of kids had showed up after the pandemic for their visits, substantially overweight. We know that obesity is a concern for COVID, but we also know that that's a condition that creates other health risks for kids. We haven't seen proper testing. There've been so many cover-ups of like, uh, so much so that I can't really seem to find accurate information on the uh, problem of heart inflammation that happened in some mm -hmm. cases. Yeah. So when I asked my, um, when I asked the doctor's office about the vaccine and I said, is there a way to, is there any kind of testing that can be done beforehand to see if your child is at risk for some of these other conditions? Um, before you give them the vaccine, I was like, can't we, I'd like to know what's the condition of his heart before we do this. Um, 
And they were like, no, there isn't really anything available to do that. And that seems, um, that seems like pretty poor practice. If kids are likely to get more sick from vaccination than from COVID, which I don't know if that's true, it's hard to get any narrative free, spin free information. What is the situation with kids and this vaccine? Do they need like, can they give it? Do they give it to yeah. eleven year olds right now? I thought twelve was the cutoff. Twelve is the limit. Twelve is the limit. But the wow. president the other day in his bizarre, confusing town hall vaguely sort of said that he thought, or maybe this was how it was interpreted by Don Lemon. I don't know. Like it was weird, but uh, he seemed to think that the FDA was going to approve it for under twelves by the beginning of the school year, which prompts concern, I think, for any parent. Absolutely. I mean, the F- to be clear, the FDA still hasn't actually given full approval to any of them for anyone. Right. We're still and, in know, emergency status. Is, approval. Yeah. yeah. Every time Marjorie Taylor Greene says that, like her or don't like her, every time she says something like that, she gets banned on Twitter for saying it. But that's actually but true. true. It isn't but that's actually true. <laughs> it's exactly. Yeah. So if you're well, Marjorie Taylor Greene and you say something that's true, you're banned. And if you're the president and you say something that's false, it's fine. Like he said the other day in this weird town hall, he was like, uh, if you've been vaccinated, you're not going to get COVID. And that was after one of his aides tested positive for COVID, having been vaccinated, after hanging out with these weird, uh, you know, responsibility shirkers from Texas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn Texas. Yeah. What so to your, to your point like about them. Not do my job. And yeah. <laughs> to your and point about them banning. My dirty laundry on Twitter. Idiot. Yeah. They, to your point about them banning people, though, who are talking about any adverse reactions to the vaccine, Carter and I have talked about this before. It actually, if they really cared about convincing those of us who were vaccine, the ones they call vaccine hesitant, they would allow us to have conversations and to see information, but they're not, which makes me more skeptical. And I saw, I had to look it up because I couldn't remember her name. This is one of just numerous cases. This is a mom who posted on Twitter about her 12-year-old daughter, Maddie, who got the Pfizer vaccine um, and had adverse effects. She's now in a wheelchair, has an NG tube, and is suffering from severe memory loss, along with many other issues. And there's footage that was included of her testifying with her daughter. And and she also said, when she went public with this about her daughter's case, she she made she had a lot of qualifiers at the beginning. I, I believe in vaccines. I've given my children all the vaccines. I gave. I believe in this vaccine. I I just want you to know. I believe it. Most kids are not going to have these adverse effects. Like she gave so many qualifiers just to be able to talk about what happened to her kid, and then they took it off Twitter. Like they can't. It's like you can't know this. They removed it. I mean, no, I know this is yeah. shocking to us, but it's so there are still people who watch us. I know who are waking up every day, and it's like this should be upsetting to you if this is news to you, if this is new. But they take this stuff down. Well, when they released the polio vaccine way back in the 20th century, <coughs> the um, you know Department of Health or whatever said, like, some people are going to die. It's not going to be caused by the vaccine, likely. But there's always, as we roll this out, there's always people that are going to, people die anyway. Um, and there was a case of, I think, sisters in Oklahoma. I'm probably getting a lot of facts wrong, but uh, there was a case of sisters in Oklahoma who were older and they died to both of them right after receiving the vaccine. And this ended up blowing up into a whole thing and people were afraid to take it. And when they looked into the case, it turned out that they didn't die as a result of the vaccine, or at least, you know, that's what was said. But 
Um, I do think that that kind of rollout where they give you information ahead of time and say, you know, consider that it might not be exactly what it looks like instead of just telling everyone to shut up and stop talking about it is better. You know, I think that maybe they didn't think Americans were quite as stupid as our current government thinks we are. This constant campaign of social media platforms trying to censor this information. I mean, I don't think what they're. They, what they're failing to understand is there's a non-zero percent of the population that they see things getting banned and blocked and shut down, suppressed, and then they're even more convinced that what they think is true. You know, I mean, I mean, let's say what they yeah. are banning is absolutely false news, or it is absolutely not true, and it's provably false. But just the fact that you're blocking it and censoring it, people are going to go, "Huh? Now I know it's true because they don't want me to see it." And that same. Yeah. That, that same portion of the population is going to be the ones that want to look into it even more and want to even fight it even more. Like if I'm already vaccine hesitant, it's just going to make me even more resistant. Like I, I am not taking your crap. I'm not putting your, your, your poison in my body. And it's, it's just, I don't, I don't know what you, what you do as far as other than just let people be free to make their own choices. And as, as uh, the, the article was saying at the beginning is like, Hey, yeah, I got the vaccine, but you know, you guys are free to make your own choice. You know, that, that should be the, that should be the number one goal is let everybody be, uh, be able to look around, get the, collect the information, what they want, where they need it from, and then make their own decision. And stop trying to control what everybody thinks. The more I'm yeah. told what to think, the more I think that everything I'm being told is a complete lie. Because if it was that true, they wouldn't have to tell me to think it. Yeah. They, they tend to think that we're all, they tend to think that those that are hesitant, this is the, this is the arrogance of the elites that are in the cathedral. They tend to think that we're hesitant because we're stupid or ignorant. And so, yeah. And so it's like, well, if we offer them free donuts and free beer and just yell at them a lot about taking it and, and remove the mis the misinformation, then they will, then they will comply. Whereas I think there's a large part of the people a large part of the population that hasn't taken the vaccine yet, it's not out of ignorance. Uh, it's its out of risk analysis that yes. yields different results than, than what the cathedral thinks your risk analysis results should yield. And I think a lot of people are more concerned about compliance being, like compliance is a more deadly virus than COVID. Yeah, I, I mean, com compliance is an extremely deadly virus. And so- yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that are are weighing that, and they're not ignorant. And I think the elites don't get that. They think that these are like you couldn't possibly not agree with me unless you're stupid and ignorant, and therefore we'll give you some donuts and beer, and you're a Homer Simpson, and you'll agree. Except, what? did you see that study that came out that said the vaccine hesitant? It was another one of these studies where they were uh -oh. shocked. Remember the CNN article where they were shocked about how the vaccine hesitant are not. Republican or Democrat that we can't easily pander to them politically. We don't know what to do. Well, then there's another study that came out. Yeah. That said that they're um, the vaccine hesitant are very data driven. And they were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that study, Carrie. <laughs> I would love but to the see other thing too, is like in terms of um, if you were one of the people who stayed in their house for a whole year and never left. And every time you left, you, you know, wore a mask and wash down your groceries and never talk to anybody. If you were one of those people, then you're going to take the 
the vaccine right away because you're terrified, right? But if mm-hmm. you were someone who continued to travel and go about your life um, and went to the grocery store and didn't wipe down your groceries, you know, constantly and didn't do all of those things, then, and you're fine, um, then you might feel personally that you're at slightly less risk of contracting it if you just spent a year doing whatever and didn't contract it. That's right. how I feel. I kind That's of think, I, I, know, mean, I, I met with, I met up with you in various places around the country and yeah. like, okay. Hi. I recognize <laughs> that I have that bias where I think, well, it's not that cause I didn't, or, or actually I honestly, I think I probably had it and just don't know with the That's chances that everybody's yeah. too is like, maybe you get sick. That's a risk always. Maybe you die. That's yeah. a risk. All that's literally always a risk. Yeah. You know, there was a there was a little girl that died just this week from bubonic plague in Colorado. Wow. Now I don't recall any government agents coming to my door, going door to door, knocking and saying, "Hey, excuse me, have you taken the flu vaccine this year?" There's lots of people dying. Uh, excuse me, um, are you getting proper exercise? Because we have like ridiculous obesity rates, and people are dying of yes. obesity caused deaths. Like I don't see a I don't see a government pushing any other thing that people are dying from, and literally like saying that they're going to go door to door, and then there's like this campaign is not there for any other issue. That the numbers are provably much much larger than. Than vaccine deaths and wh- like that makes me go why is that why is this so important mm-hmm. hey you haven't voted for yes. socialism or communism at all have you because that's been the deadliest thing ever yeah right. you need to make sure supremacy. you're inoculated against that yeah i thought it was white supremacy is not the main thing oh my yeah, mistake. yeah it's run you're rampant right. man i've yeah. you know i was i was actually out of my front porch trying to enjoy my morning coffee this morning mm-hmm. and i saw like three freaking nazis go running by it was right. Surreal, to be honest. And you knew they were Nazis because they didn't have masks on. It was the way they were running with their arm, just like, oh. uh, yeah. yeah. Like, why are you running? I don't know why they run like that. It's really my favorite they're, thing. They're easy to an... identify, so I just keep my mouth shut and went back. There inside. was an article in uh, April that NBC ran. I think it was Brandy Zadrosny because she's a menace. She wrote this article about how the lack of attendance at white supremacy rallies was evidence of white supremacy. <laughs> was there. Wait, wait, wait. I, I'm curious about the, the I want to hear the logic. Yeah, what's the logic? The logic was that these people have been pushed so far into the fringes <laughs> that they didn't even show up. <laughs> like, That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good Therefore, thing. there's lots of them. Therefore, there's lots of them was her logic. Wow. I'm going to yeah. wait. Let's hold a rally. Let's hold the rally for secret Marxists trying to destroy the country through control of academia and media and politics. And when no one shows up, that's proof. We will write an article <laughs> about how this is the problem. This is what's really going on. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so I I had a a funny. You guys were mentioning the government, like all these all these things they're using to try and. The carrot, right? To try and tempt people and taking the vaccine. Like, we'll give you free hot dogs and beer and like a gun. And like, you can have a free car and education. We'll give you a, and um, two scoops of ice cream, just like right. and my husband and I were talking about this last night. And he said that he's seen oh, a right. lot You're of comments. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. To your face instead of just thank on you. Messenger. Um, but he said he's seen a lot on Twitter, a lot of people now who are the type who are in very much in the, um, in the 
echo chamber, I would say plugged into the machine who were the first to take the vaccine, you know, and th now they're complaining and they're like, why don't we get, why didn't you give us free stuff? We, we took the vaccine immediately. Like we went out and took it. We want the beer and the hot dogs and we want the guns and the cars, maybe not the guns. <laughs> and we want this. And we were laughing. Cause I was like, they're I sort of like the all. easy chick, but they're like the easy chick that you, you make it with <laughs> on the first day and you don't have to take her to dinner or anything. And then, and then, and then she sees you. Thank wooing. you for that analogy, Tara. <laughs> <laughs> but she sees the government. The government's I put out right away. Yeah, and the government. I didn't like get wooing. lobster. I rolled up my sleeve <laughs> for free. <laughs> yes, yes. Where's my wow. hand? <laughs> and she's like, "Why aren't you taking me to dinner, government?" Because like, you marry the girl who needs the lobster. No, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> that is such a great analogy. So, so basically, they understand why we shouldn't be pay paying for people's school. Uh, 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 college debts, yeah. Mm. That the same <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what's interesting though? So they they spent like that one point nine trillion dollars on a whole bunch of garbage, and a bunch of universities are using the money they got from that to forgive student loan debt. Use your endowment. Oh. Use your endowment. You had an well. endowment. You have millions and millions of dollars. Use your endowment. It's so infuriating. Yeah, I have um, that reaction about the vaccine, the like easy girl on the first date as regards college and graduate school, right? Like my college yeah. is done, it's paid, my graduate school done, paid, like where's my amnesty for right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> and there's a lot of like back. I'm not even working in my field, totally like useless education. Stupid, yeah, and you look, know, you nothing. can make other arguments too that are like not even even like there's even indirect stuff like I chose my college because of money, right? right? Like I could have I got into Carnegie Mellon, which I really wanted to go to, but it was exorbitantly expensive and I got a scholarship and it wasn't much money. And I got into the University of Pittsburgh and I got a full scholarship and I was like, well, you know, I Carnegie Mellon's better. I like Carnegie Mellon, but I can't afford to go to Carnegie Mellon and I don't want the debt. Can I go back now and be like, hey, wait a minute, if it were free, like switch my degrees, uh, I would like, I would have gone there. Like it's, the whole thing is completely unfair and insane. And I think everyone kind of knows that, but the people that are pushing it, uh, they don't care because they, they're buying votes. Let's be honest, they're buying votes. That's what they're doing. Yeah, that is what they're doing, yeah. They want people I'm to like vote for them me. for the free money. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you went to a stupid school just like I me. I did. Yeah, I went to a really very dumb. expensive school, and I took out a lot of student debt, and I yeah. paid it all off, and yeah, same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, Again, yeah, paid off because my mom was like, honey, you need to pay this. And I was like, mom, I'm satisfied if I die with this debt. It's okay. Like, I can't get a house anyway. Who cares? You know, but no. <laughs> I just kept well, doing and student loan debt is one of the debts that it doesn't get discharged, right? It doesn't get discharged no. with um, That's with right. bankruptcy either, right? Right. Right. But right. it also didn't. It also, if you just owe money to the government, it didn't. It didn't uh, ping your credit negatively. It was like a oh, good really? debt to have. Yeah. Also, that used uh, to be true. Also, of medical debt that wouldn't hit your credit report, but then as part of the negotiations with the Affordable Care Act, I'm pretty sure medical debt now goes to your credit report as well. Interesting. Wow. Mm -hmm. hey, that was like part of the thing from insurance companies. They were like, but hey, we at least somehow have to get paid back. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I That's mean, old information. 
Hey, before we All move right. on from this Clapton mm -hmm. thing that, that I brought up, there was one other thing I wanted to point out. And that really off, awful LA Times piece, she says the, the other thing that, that has, he's been doing, I guess, is he's he's one of the people who's had adverse effects. And and I personally... Oh, Clapton know, has? Yes. And I personally know people oh. who've had adverse effects. Like, it's not... I don't think it's that uncommon. I mean, it, but I know some people. So, like, how, how many people do you know who've had adverse effects? Anyway, so he said, and this is from the article, quote, after his second shot, he alleged that the vaccine left him with a 10-day flare-up of pain in his hands and feet, possibly, he implied, related to the peripheral neuropathy he suffers from. Neuropathy is the result of an injury to the nerves. It can be caused by alcoholism. Clapton has a long, long admitted his alcoholic history. It's like she sort of, it doesn't matter if it's related to his alcoholism or not. It could be like you're saying, but but it doesn't matter if he's had adverse effects. People should be able to know about those. Are you saying he shouldn't talk about them? I mean, he talked about it because he said he was afraid he might never be able to play again because his hands hurt so much. So what? He's just supposed to shut up about that or somehow or it's his fault. Like, I mean, this is what propagandists do, though, right? They cherry pick the stuff that pushes their agenda and they reject the anything that's suggested to be cherry picked that that goes against their agenda right so they'll they'll correctly be like well you know he also has these other things and we should take it with a grain of salt and blah 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 but the reverse if the re anything that suggests the reverse they will cherry pick and use all, and those, all, all day long right so those very same people if he would have died before he got the shot they would have just you know, maybe he died of alcoholism. They would have blamed it on COVID. So, like, yeah, right, exactly. That's that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, mm. by the way, speaking angry. of speaking of journalism, and I, this is I'm not trying to disparage Libby. Libby's great journalist, but <laughs> she's not a mainstream like she's not a cathedral journalist either, right? I'm not even really I, if you've, a journalist. <laughs> okay, she's not. She doesn't even count. Herself. She's she's ashamed of the the word journalist. <laughs> she doesn't want to I be went, called I a went journalist. Art school, <laughs> you know, self-taught. Well, I yeah, I don't think going to journalism school is required for being. Anyway, if you have not seen, I just watched this movie the other day. Um, there's a movie called Mr. Jones, and it's uh, based on a true story. Um, and it's. It's. I mean, it's basically all true. They combined a couple characters, but it's about um, it's about Walter Duranty and um, the reporter. What was his name? I don't even remember his name. Something Jones, uh, who actually exposed what was going on in the Soviet Union. And I, I the reason I think it's important to watch. I get, I get that this is from nineteen thirty, the nineteen thirties, but. You know, Walter Durante's Pulitzer was never revoked. Um, and to see the utter disdain that journalists have for actually digging into the truth and, and to see the overt willingness to use their journalism to push an agenda is pretty frightening. And I don't think that the heroic truth-seeking journalist is a trope that it has any basis in reality most of the time. I think most journalists are actually pretty shitty people, um, and especially mainstream journalists. And that movie is just a great example of, here's a guy that got the Pulitzer Prize. He was admired, loved, revered. He died in his old age being celebrated and revered. 
um, and he was an absolute shill for Stalin, and 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 he is responsible for, or shares some responsibility in the deaths of millions of Ukrainians. I think there's that's a, what journalism is. As the as the only one here who's uh, engaged in journalism on a daily basis, I I will say that there is a pretty interesting thing as regards journalism and the practice of um, reporting the news. So the concept of objective journalism that sat with us through much of the second half of the 20th century, which is, of course, when I was born and came of age, uh, is a total fallacy. I don't think it's real. I wonder that it was ever real. We all spent that period of time um, watching the same news, watching the same evening news, trusting the same news reporters believing that the New York Times was all the news that was fit to print, uh, Washington Post, et cetera. And I remember very vividly discovering when I worked in an anarchist bookstore uh, the summer after my freshman year in college, um, discovering Noam Chomsky and mm -hmm. his reporting on um, the atrocities in East Timor and uh, saying that New York Times was in fact lying about all of these things. And I was like, no, not the New York Times. Not the New York Times. Yeah, lying. And I found it really stunning once I started digging into that. Now I think we're in a position where we have the almost the uh, cultural remnants of journalistic objectivity as part of our ongoing narrative, and we have not given that up. The people who benefit from that are the big mainstream establishment legacy outlets, right? What do you want to call them? Cathedrals, what have you. The New York Times, the Washington Post, um, all of mm -hmm. these outlets primarily benefit from our ongoing <laughs> belief that there is such thing as objective journalism. But I actually have a lot more respect for outlets that tell you forthright what their bias yes. is, because then you know. So every morning, right, I'm editing the news, I'm figuring out what stories we're going to tell that will appeal to our readers. Uh, we are right of center. We make absolutely no bones about that at Post Millennial. That's what we are. We're clear about that. Um, and every I morning I that. read like, you know, I, I look at Fox, I look at um, New York Post, I look at uh, Daily Wire, I look at Daily Caller, I look at the New York Times, I look at the Washington Post, I look at Reuters, I look at AP, I look at the LA Times, um, I Daily Mail, you know, I review all of these outlets. And it's fascinating if you do that every single day, which I don't actually recommend if it's not your job, because it's, it's annoying and it takes a long time. But if you look at that, if you look at all of those sites, um, it's pretty clear what the biases are based on essentially what stories are covered and the stories that are covered across all of the outlets, which that's, you don't see that, right? Like, I'm not gonna open Fox and the New York Times and the Washington Post and New York Post and see the same stories splashed across the top. It's just, but when you do see a story that's covered across outlets, the way that it's covered is drastically different depending on who's writing it. And the New York Times will tell you that they're objective, that that's the objective way to tell the story. And it isn't, and it's pretty right. clear. So the journalists that claim this kind of objectivity, it, and I think it started falling apart somewhere around the Bush-Gore election when we had um, 
was it Florida was called for gore. Wasn't that, isn't that what happened? And then yeah. that guy, was it Dan Rather? One of those guys. There were like a bunch it, of well, guys who had the yeah. same hairdo and they all, <laughs> right? Dan Rather is one of those guys, right? Yeah. He's yeah. one of those guys, one of those hairdo guys. There was like somebody named Koppel. I don't know. Walter Cronkite. That was a, that was a Koppel. Market. That was, a market tested, yeah. that was a very market-tested hairdo. It was a market-tested hairdo. It was brilliant. I think it was, yeah. Um, but when Maybe they sold two pays that Florida, were that hairdo. They right? I think they do. <laughs> but when he called Florida for gore, and that turned out to be false, that really began the unraveling of trust, I think, in mainstream journalism. And then we saw Fox did the same thing for Arizona. They called it, with Arizona, they called it for... Uh, What's his name? The actual president. They called it for Biden and not for Trump. And then that turned out to be sort of weird as well. You know, yeah. so I think a lot of it began I... to unravel and the establishment cathedral types have not caught up to that fact yet. No, but I think it's good. And I, I like what you're saying that I my suspicion is that journalism has always been this way and that we just haven't known. And and I think most of the evidence that we have historically, when we do learn the backstory of, of what's, like when we do learn the truth, it turns out that actually a lot of what we were told was wrong. Um, they Like journalists have lied quite a lot. It's not just Walter Durante. Um, and so I'm, don't think I, I guess- That's what I, I don't think they think they're lying. Maybe I think Durante knew he was lying. So? Uh, Durante knew he was lying. Um, but, but yes, Derek I think Bell? Off Derek Bell knew he was lying too at the Times. Remember that guy? Played yeah, I, I, making yeah. stuff up from his bedroom. That guy. Yes. Uh, I mean, some people know. Um, but I think you're right. A lot of people just have an agenda and they view the world a certain way and they don't attempt to be objective, which I still think is a noble attempt. But I agree with you. You should say what your biases are. Um, but I'm, I do like that we're in an era now in which uh, we're not limited to the few publishers and we can be online. And I enjoy reading um, not just stuff from post-millennial, but like I'll actually – I some of the even crappy like Mother Jones and stuff that I might totally disagree with, sometimes because of their agenda, they're saying stuff that the right won't say that is actually – they're uncovering facts yeah. and talking about stuff that's like, oh – this is good. It's actually good to get, you know, um, in fact, one of the people Mother whose Jones book we read, like Max Mother Blumenthal, Jones, yeah. totally disagree with Max Blumenthal's politics, but what a great expose on the machinations of the CIA over the past several decades, the uh, uh, management of savagery was like, what a great, and he's got some interesting things to say about China today. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's good that there's no trust in the public uh, in the, no, there's no public trust in the media. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah, I think we're starting to see nowadays with every, everything opening up finally. All um, these mainstream news sources—they're—they're—they're—they're they're, 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 they're the, they're the people that are like I claim to be objective. They're the—they're the people who are known liars. Like, think about that friend of yours that's like, you know, he lies all the time, but he's like, "Hey, man, you got to believe me. Trust me. Trust me. I—I know—I I know this is right. Trust me. Just believe me." <laughs> it's like it feels like almost like this feeling of desperation coming out of some of these some of these outlets now where they're like really trying to get that those numbers back and they're just continuous continuously falling all the time in favor of more like independent journalists and whatnot like tim pools and they don't know why they don't have the self-awareness to know why 
Yeah, they're confused, they right? Yeah, it's it's, it's incredibly frustrating. And and what like like Libby was saying, like a lot of these outlets that sit there and and tell you where they stand, like, hey, this is where this is kind of where our politics are in general. Just take that as you know, apply that as you will to our stories, and maybe don't just listen to us. Maybe listen to some other, you know, some other outlets too. And that's that one of the. Yeah, I've been I've been posting this this meme I made about um just checking if people have a balanced media diet. And it's a picture of a TSA agent, you know, got his hand halfway up somebody's, you know, searching them or whatnot. <laughs> like, hey, hey, y'all, y'all, think about what you're watching, think about what you're paying attention to and reading and and ingesting and and you know you need to be taking in some information from the side that you disagree with. You know, some some something yeah. other than what you're used to to get out of your echo chamber and just try to have a more balanced media diets so that you can you can be more aware of what's actually real and what's not you know but what's interesting too i think uh, i agree with what you're saying but um i think what we have also is a social media landscape that trusts the new york times and the cathedral um and behaves as though that the information gleaned from what are essentially left-leaning outlets is actually fact So, you know, I was talking to a reporter who I know um, who works for like a just sort of like a basic news outlet. And he was telling me that when he writes stuff from a more conservative perspective, it's called opinion. And when it's a fact based thing with a leftist perspective, it's called news. So we have this bias just broadly in our culture that's not discussed. It's not enough for each individual to make sure that they are um, consuming a balanced media diet. When you have a landscape that feeds you an unbalanced media diet and tells you that it is balanced. Yeah. It's like if all we're eating are Doritos and we're told that like that contains all the nutrition we need. There's definitely they don't. people that you can't save. I've, I've still got people trying to quote uh, Wikipedia articles to me as if they're fact. And I'm like, this is the first thing I learned when writing papers in college is Wikipedia is not a source for information. Do not quote it ever. I used to, as a social justice warrior, I used to, Carter knows this, I used to spend a lot of time editing Wikipedia entries to reflect my version of reality. And I knew a lot of people who did that. Wow. We thought this was a good use of our time. It um, was. It was. It was a good use of your time. Yes. There. I spent a lot yeah. of time in on Maxim Magazine's Wikipedia entry to trying to pull cherry pick every incident I could find to prove that they were uh, a misogynist, sexist magazine. I started the section called Controversies, I think, or added to it. Like that was like, I, by we, the way, I'm doing that. They have like scantily clad women on the cover. I feel like any feminist can just be like, here. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah. It's, it's better when you can point to, the, you know, look at this Wikipedia article. Look at this. You're, you're painting the story of the person. That's why I'm very familiar with how they do it about how they how they how that works against people. This sort of character assassination thing, because you have all these people who view themselves as as little activists who are doing their part to present the correct narrative and to make sure the correct narrative gets presented to the masses. And they, we've talked about this before and we had David Raboy on the show. I don't know if people like now who I am now, I would never spend time doing that. It's not, Did it's you just, see, it's, uh, yeah. Larry it's, Sanger, one of the co-founders of Wikipedia has basically apologized for doing it. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was just yeah. the other day, right? 
Yeah, it was just the other day, and then yep, he was yep. on mm-hmm. uh, Fox last night, being like, "Well, no regrets," you know. Wow. Yeah. No, no, I didn't see that, but they, but they definitely. I, I didn't mean to go on a sidetrack about Wikipedia. I was going to say about the about the media landscape. To your point, Libby, and and to yours, Daniel. One of the first things that that I noticed when I was in my period of just starting to wake up. You know, I was in that one particular echo chamber. I was plugged into the machine, and I only I didn't look at. I had I had this built in. Um, it's almost like they inoculate you against any other media sources because. I just had this built-in prejudice against anything that was conservative or right-leaning. And then I started to notice that all the media that I trusted, like BuzzFeed News, if you go to their about section, they don't say that they're left-leaning. They present themselves as if they're unbiased, but they're obviously left-leaning. Whereas if I went to Breitbart, they told me on the about page, yeah, we're right-leaning. I'm, and I got, I'm like, I much prefer you just being honest. Just tell me, like you said, you're, we're right of center. Great. Mm -hmm. Just be upfront about it. Don't pretend like you're some. I feel like I've had that uh, about a lot of things. This idea that like what I thought was real was real. Like I had that idea about the Northeast. I've always spent my whole life in the Northeast. And then recently I was I was in Texas and I was like, oh, my goodness, have I drastically underestimated the South? Could that be possible? I, I don't know. Yeah, and now like I really want to move to Texas. I want to move to Texas as soon as possible. I'm done. By the way, New York is dead. in Texas. Over. We don't consider ourselves part of the South. That's why I think Texas is. See, this is one thing I yeah. liked about moving yeah. here. Well, is we're you know, separate. We consider ourselves as part of like an international consortium of cities as well, but we're still in the stupid Northeast. I mean, <laughs> right. That's no. Over here in Tennessee, I definitely consider Texas part of the South. Really? Right? Well, in South Carolina, right. we didn't. We were like, there's like the North, and there's the South, and then there's Texas. And then there's Texas. Yeah, Texas, Texas <laughs> is like a you you only can say that because Texas is the New York of the South, right? Texas okay. thinks they're better than everybody else. They think they're like <laughs> something separate. They think they they're in charge of Joe. everything. Wow. That's why I could move there because it's the New York of the South. <laughs> I see. So seems like, it seems was, like a logical transition for you. It does seem logical. <laughs> seems logical. Well, Carter's gonna come here too. I'm trying. I can't go anywhere. No, I'm I'm, I'm leaning but, towards Texas a much more I'm than I was, Carrie. Yeah. Uh, you know what it was? I like uh, maybe this is different if you're there for a long time, but like in in the Northeast, where I've spent my entire life, as I said, like I mean, I've lived basically on the Amtrak corridor between Washington and Boston. I've lived in like all those cities, uh, except Maryland. So, but. Uh, Sorry, something just dawned on me. Um, I'm just sitting here thinking, if if I was to have an objective news source, not not to throw you off there, but if I was to to actually have be an objective news source, like nobody would hear, nobody would ever hear about it because think about the headlines. <laughs> like you could not write clickbaity headlines. You couldn't. That's write, right. Yeah. Nothing would. Ever There's be a bunch of nuance here. That's yeah. Right. No, nothing would ever be shared. Nobody would care. Nobody would click. Like that, that's nobody just not a business model that would work in today's internet age at all. You know, David that's Byrne true. actually has a David Byrne has an outlet that's like it's like good news and no. Nobody yeah. ever clicks on it. No, yeah. Something yeah. went okay. 
nobody wants. Yeah, I have heard that. There's a lot of people like, why is it always bad news? I, I just want to hear some good news. But yeah. then when somebody tries to do it and some kind of a uh, an entity <laughs> that just puts out good news, like nobody cares. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I think most of us know that for the most part, everything's pretty freaking good nowadays. <laughs> like, I mean, statistically, I think like all the, all the all the numbers are down. Like world hunger way down. Like like I can't remember all the numbers that somebody was saying, but it was like when you actually look at the the numbers from years and years ago, like everything seems to be moving in a very positive trend, but that doesn't sell. Like people don't click on those things. So nobody knows about it. Nobody hears about it. All they hear is the bad things. Everybody hyper focuses on this negative thing over here and how, how terrible a person Biden is or how terrible a person Trump is like, you know, like what, this, none of this has any, any bearing over your life at all. Like m- maybe no, a little. It and for Not some really. reason we think it does. And like, yeah, when I spend any kind of time, when I turn off my Twitter notifications, for example, mm. I realize that it's just, it's just irrelevant to going about my life. Yeah, yeah. Twitter, Twitter's all about how terrible the right, the right people are. Uh, Minds.com is all about the new conspiracy theory and, and how much Jews are controlling the earth. Um, Gab, Gab is some kind of a Nazi propaganda site. I don't know. It's just. It's all... What do you guys make of Getter? Have you seen Getter? <laughs> I, I've tried it. And, and I haven't seen that. I, I did try it. And it, it, it reminds sounds me. like a dumb imperative, but. Yeah, it's it's like Twitter. It, it's it's modeled after Twitter very much. Uh, the, okay. from, from the design standpoint, it's very well done, well, well executed. Um, as far as like content, like I tried to type in something like this is bullshit and they were like hey uh you can't post that until you change the word shit we don't allow that i'm like are you kidding me so i typed well, in a few other done yeah. Oh, yeah i typed Never in a few mind. other words i tried the n-word and they're like no you can't do that either i tried the well, f-word that word yeah the yeah. f-word they wouldn't accept but the six-letter f-word they definitely would rhymes with maggot yeah oh, they, really? they they're yeah, like that one's that, one. that one's cool <laughs> like whatever y'all okay hey so huh. libby has to libby has to leave she has a hard out at Oh, I didn't realize. So I just want to uh, give her a chance before we get on another big topic to tell everybody where they can find her online. And oh, uh, I thank her for joining us. And uh, at Libby Emmons on Twitter. I really appreciate it, guys. I love talking to you guys. You're my favorite. Yeah, thanks I love for coming talking on. To you. You're one of my yeah. favorite yeah. humans. One of my oh. favorite journalists who's not a journalist. And when I meet yeah, Dennis this week and hang out. I enjoyed so, running into you again. Yeah, you too. Pleasure. <laughs> Bye, guys. Next time thank you're you. back. We'll have yeah. Daniel back as well. Okay. Uh, Make it a recurring thing. <laughs> Bye, guys. I feel like they're trying Bye. to hype this up. Uh-oh. That's not good. Let's do some super chats, actually. Yeah. Now's a good time to pause and do some super chats, because I think we have a bunch. Um, and I think the first one is, I'm sorry if I'm missing the first one, but I think the first one is, Rand Paul is the man, but Fauci will never see jail. That might have been from last time, but I think it's from this time. Uh, and that was from I'll Fight You Naked. Uh, Pirate Tomsky says that Dilbert today about aliens landing, being asked for pronouns, and then leaving because they didn't, they don't need to destroy our civilization was spot on. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> I really didn't funny. see that, but that sounds yes. awesome. Yes, <laughs> we're we're doing it ourselves. Well, I know that I, it sounds like aliens, but uh, that's what I mean. That's what China's doing. China does not need to fire anything. Like they do have a long term strategy to take over, and it's involves letting us destroy ourselves while they focus on buying up property in Africa and getting their financial house in order and they've got their own internal crap. And to we're more than willing to do it. I don't know if you saw Daniel, we did a special episode um two days ago. When was it? I'm losing track of time. About NASA. Two days, this, I think, yeah. Yeah, this whistleblower sent us these documents where they're doing microaggression training and stuff at NASA and 
we were just laughing about. I think you're reading some of the comments from that day. But one of the one yeah, of the things Tara somebody said, said it was that was from Wednesday. Sorry. Yeah, one of the things that somebody said that made me laugh was because one of the examples I gave is you're not allowed to ask people where they're from because that's a racist microaggression, right? And somebody said, uh, you know, the we land on Mars and the Martian says. Where are you from? And the astronaut, how dare you? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> on point. I wonder if they get, do they get some kind of like alternate questions you can ask in lieu of where are you from? Because no. it just seems like one of those ways that people start to kind of like bridge a connection between them to, you know, it's just, just getting to know somebody. Oh my God, that's so terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you could get the, what's your least favorite colonizing culture? <laughs> and maybe they, you could figure that out from that. Um, Pirate, another one from Pirate, probably from Wednesday as well. Pirate Tomsky says, Benjamin Boyce has a great interview with Vincent de Boney about what a CRT state looks like in South Africa. Definitely recommend. Thank you. Raj H gave us a thumbs up. Now this is definitely from today. 1.21 gigawatt says, Carrie is the best Russian bot in the world, and people who hate Eric Clapton are not going to get into heaven. <laughs> Can I just say, also, I saw, just to, on the Eric Clapton thing again, I saw someone, uh, my local news station in Austin, KVUE, they're so woke, they're awful, just as you can imagine. They posted something about it as well. And the comments were full of these woke Austin people. I, I really like it when they take their mask off and they show you their dark heart. Like, quit pretending that you care about people. Show me your darkness, because I know it's there. And they, their masks were all slipping, and they were all saying stuff like, um, uh, Eric, uh, stuff about his son who died. They were all making awful, oh, I didn't realize he had evil, a son that I don't follow. wicked okay. jokes about his, yeah, his boy who fell from a window. And it's like, what is wrong with you people? Like, it, it just no humanity whatsoever. Anyway. Yeah, you're describing why I'm an elitist. I'm not even a huge fan of Eric Clapton. Uh, this is makes me like him more. It's just, you know, how can you treat somebody yeah. with such in, inhumanity? Yeah. Um, all right. Brian Loves Humanity says, why just stop at only two shots? Can we shame mask holes for not getting a third shot and then only wearing two masks? Why not five each? Yeah, why not? Dude, I, um, I heard a Penn and Teller episode the other day where they were complaining. They're, they're super about the, 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 the vaccination. They've got them. They're all proud. That oh, really? Oh, yeah. that's too bad because I used to like them back like years, I, I mean, years I mean, Penn, Penn seems to, you know, he's, he's a little, little uh, farther left than he used to be in the libertarian circles and whatnot. But, but that's besides the point. What, what, what the, the funny thing was is they were talking about how now they're complaining because um, they have to wear masks because we can't trust people who didn't get the vaccination to wear the mask. So we have to wear the mask now to protect other people from the mask to protect it. It was like this whole, sh I was like, I, I like, I, I had to pause it and play it back. I'm like, wait, what <laughs> did he say all those words yeah. in the right order? Like <laughs> so many layers of, of it's like, crazy. and, and, and a lot of people are, you know, you've heard this, um, people are you know, wearing masks, even though they don't have to, because they don't want to be associated with being on the, on, on the right. 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 Like what, what insane like, dude, like if you've had your vaccination, you don't have to wear a mask and CDC recommends you don't have to wear a mask. Now you're literally virtue signaling with your mask. That's what you're doing now. Yeah. They know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've also started to see a lot of, um, mask fatigue from, or sorry, like COVID fatigue from people where like I've seen people on Twitter start to say things like, they're just like, you know what? 
I don't care if I get it anymore. I just don't care. Like people are just like, I just right. don't care anymore. Like they cared if they got it. They were concerned, but they didn't want to be forced to do X, Y, or Z or whatever. And now they're just like, you know what? I don't care. Any- I, I don't, those, I'm just like, tired. Like, I don't those care. Those are the people that have been like trapped in a serial killer's basement getting tortured for like six yes. months now. And, and at some point they're just like, you know what, dude? Just, you know just what, kill, kill me. me, man. Just, just yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it is. They just, they're just like, you know what? You keep threatening to kill me. You just do it, man. Yeah. Um, (sighs) G-Man gives us a disturbing, a a disturbing super chat that says, is it just me or is the thumbnail for today's show kind of sexy? That's really gross. It's just you, G-Man. It's the one with Biden and his ice cream. Yes. G-Man, you're not alone. I thought that was really hot myself. I was over here rocking (laughs) half chub before we even started the show. I'm just, I'm I'm not going to lie. I mean, it was just like. Is that why we had that conversation before the show was was because of Biden's ice cream? It's the one positive thing I've ever gotten out of Biden. And I'm going to hang on to that for dear life because I don't think it's going to happen again. Oh, gross. Okay. Jeanette W. I saw someone in chat. I I saw someone in chat say he thought it was a little girl. Oh, Which, oh stop. <laughs> okay, Jeanette. He would well, be Jeanette sniffing us- the ice cream, obviously, if that yes, was the case. That would be a sniff. Jeanette gives us five bucks and says, the misinformation 12 is a great list because it has made me more curious as to what they have to say. Yes. I don't even know what the misinformation 12 is. I have to look that up. Oh, it's the 12 people, the 12 doctors or healthcare professionals who have been, uh, who, who the cathedral is accusing of uh, yeah. misinformation. misinformation and they're they're banned they're the ones that like if you if we interview them we'll get banned from youtube or if we talk about them on facebook you get banned like i know those some 12. of these on that list then mm-hmm. okay we won't mention dance- their names but yeah yeah i dance for pennies uh gives us australian dollars and says the <laughs> initial the initial vaccines have had a lot of immediate effects what about long-term effects and what about the subsequent shots scary see that's the kind of normal that's a reasonable question to be able to ask is like, Hey, I would like to see longitudinal studies, but we live in such a crazy place now where just asking what used to be a normal question gets you labeled as, as if you're some conspiracy theorist, anti-vaxxer or whatever. It's like, no, I just want to see a longitudinal study. I, I, yeah. I, I have a healthy amount of skepticism toward things that the government are pushing. <laughs> yeah. Like, how dare you? I know. <laughs> like, I'm super surprised that the that the t- the side of the political divide who's into free market um, individualism is also a little skeptical of government. I don't I don't get why that is. I just <laughs> and, and they want to say, you know, it's so. I don't know. It's just an upside down world where they they want to say we believe in science. They're the party of science. They're not. They're not because they're not allowing us to follow the science. They're not allowing us to ask questions. They're not allowing us to even say, I want to wait and see a longitudinal study that's too far, a bridge too far for them. So I, yeah, I, I get yeah, really exactly. irritated with them trying to claim things that aren't true. Yeah, when you do science, um, isn't it like the culmination of a bunch of different people trying different hypotheses? The majority, like the vast majority of which end up being wrong. And then the one that's correct ends up winning out in the end, right? Yeah, like... You're supposed to let those people go out and, and, and perform those inquiries, those, those, ask those questions. You're supposed yeah. to. The one thing you, you science doesn't do is forbid asking questions. Questions, yeah. Like, it's the one thing science doesn't ever do. There's never a thing where like, well, you can't ask that question. It's like, well, no. You can, sometimes the question's dumb because there's an answer and it's obvious, but you can always ask it. Science well, doesn't ever stop Scientifically you. speaking, I suppose most questions end up being kind of dumb. <laughs> 
Right. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I I saw someone say, and I, 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 uh, I really appreciated it. And so I say it now when I see this, when I'm in a conversation with, with someone is, um, and I can't remember who I saw talking about this. It might've been Brett Weinstein first, but anyway, when, when these people who are anti-science and who are very religious in the way that they behave, very fundamentalist actually in the way they behave, and they say things stuff like, I believe in science while they're with their behavior and words, discouraging science. They say, I believe in science. It's like science doesn't require your faith. It's not a religion. Science isn't a thing it, to believe in. As Luke yeah. just pointed out in chat, it's a method. It's, it's a, a method. method. <laughs> it's just, it's applying reason to the physical world. That's all. <laughs> like, it's, there's no, yes. it, it it's not a, you don't believe in science. Right. It doesn't require your faith or my faith. It only requires transparent methodology and reproducible results. Yeah. I believe method. in the method for installing siding and soffit on a house. I believe in that. Right. <laughs> I have like, faith that it'll work. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like it doesn't make it does it doesn't make any sense. It's like you know, no one runs around saying or feeling like they need to point out like I believe in gravity. It's like well, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like <laughs> gravity doesn't care. It doesn't a, require your belief. Good. Just give him a little pat on the head. That's that's cute, that's, man. I, I appreciate that. You're good, dude. <laughs> um. All right. I've Let's do Johnny Boy Cricktaw. You got that one? All yeah, right. Johnny Boy. He says, I got to love the language they use. Sorry, I'm not hesitant. I'll consider the vaccine once they've completed long-term studies. There we go. Oh, gosh, another person who believes in data. Uh, <laughs> once they've done long-term studies showing safety, not to mention possible issues with the mRNA gene therapy. Well, you've just explained my reasoning exactly, Johnny Boy. I, I'm going to wait and see longitudinal studies. I'm not in a particular risk category, and I've done the cost-benefit analysis, and I think there's more potential risk for me to take it than there is potential benefit, and that might be different for you depending on what categories you're in. But I, I think um, of it like this. I think of it like this. You know how, like, when new technology comes out, there's there's certain people that will go and purchase that technology as soon as it comes out. Like they're camping out the day before and they're ready to buy it. They want. They paid ten thousand dollars for the laser disc player and in nineteen ninety eight. Exactly or whatever. my point. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to take the risk and pay the price for that need to have it first. That's fine. I don't hold that against them. But you also do have a portion of the population who will wait until like the third iteration of that technology before they finally decide to go make the purchase. Me. I am like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't need the latest and greatest, but I just want it to freaking work when I pay for it. And like, you know, that's, that's it. I want it to, to make my life better. That's pretty much what's going on here. And it's like, imagine going to um, one of these Apple uh, product launches when people are camping out and you're, you're like, ah, I'm good. I'll just wait until, you know, couple months from now when they worked out the bugs and everybody in the line's like get in line bigot you're buying it today <laughs> <laughs> you will buy this product now science Ooh. denier <laughs> yeah, science denier okay here we go marvy dog he says uh journalists are required to speak with absolute authority on subjects they know little or nothing about thanks marvy they're not yes. required to marvy dog but they, they do they do it's fine to be a journalist and say, here are the things that are facts that I observed or have learned, and I'm not sure what to make of them. That's fine. That's journalism. <laughs> Pirate Tomsky. Hello, Pirate. 
He says, I think we should petition the Washington Post to rename the Pinocchio fact check system to be the sniff system while Biden is president. (laughs) (laughs) And you say it passes the sniff test or not? It's three sniffs. Oh, yeah, it passes the sniff test. I like that. (laughs) That's fabulous. Hey, um, there was was a tweet I wrote just on this subject that... um, uh, did you did you know that as an additional punishment to Adam and Eve, once the gates of, of the garden were locked behind them, God created a new enemy that would forever ruin any illusion of stability and truth. He created journalists. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That was why bother. Satan's answer to the the tree of knowledge is journalism. Right. Yeah. Yes. Journalism. Yes. <laughs> why bother gives us five pounds and says. The more I euro, observe, euro, Euros. those are euro. It's an little e. Okay. Oh, I didn't. Okay, I did not know that either. Euros and get, <laughs> no, no, no bad. I, I didn't know. I was going to be carry. It's a thing with carry that we've been doing. It's okay. The more I observe what's going on, the more this vaccination campaign looks like a global scale ash conformity experiment. Yes, thank you. That's that's you know having discovered those experiments this past year, or just heard of them myself this past year. It's like. Now, I'm so glad that I, I read about them because it helps me to understand what I see happening around me <laughs> better than I would if I didn't know that about humans. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know that humans. And, and it also helps me to look back at history and I can understand those things better, too. I'm like, OK, I get it now. Most of yep. humanity conforms. That's, and that's it explains why a lot of thinkers have have said things like you don't need the majority to agree with you. Like you yes. just need a small minority that like you need a you need a an act of plurality and that's it like you're you just you don't need a majority of people because you can get the majority to go along with whatever like they're, yeah. they're easy can i tell you something that i heard i think my preacher was sort of talking about this when it comes to christianity and if the, i know we have some christian listeners he was sort of talking about how because i had been thinking that the church is failing lately it's failing its duty to uh the culture or, or to people in the culture lately. But actually it was sort of, he was saying, he made me, I, I, I can't separate what he was saying and what I was thinking as, as a response and what he was saying. So anyway, he made me think about how um, it might just be that the church at sometimes conforms more to the culture or the culture conforms more to Christianity. Like when we had a Christian culture, you didn't notice that the church was is also made up of a lot of followers. But now that the, the culture has become less Christian, you can see it. And you can just, am I making sense? It's sort no. of like, okay, sorry. Damn it. <laughs> can you try again? Okay. Okay. Let me try one more time. Let me try one more time. Um, when our culture, there was a, a time in our history when you would say the U.S. was more of a Christian nation, right? For right. most there, of our history, we were more right. For most of our history, so during that time, because the the church was lined up with the culture, you didn't notice that there's so many weak leaders in the church, because it wasn't having to fight, it wasn't having to push back against the culture, because culture was conforming to the church. Oh, like they didn't anyway. have to be leaders; they just right. Had to be, oh, I don't, just, I don't, I couldn't speak for that firsthand, right. obviously, because it's prior to when I was born. I don't know what people noticed back then, right? But it might have been that they were strong leaders, and that's why the culture was conforming. Who knows? Right. Or it might have been that just like people were going with point. it's not so much that they, they they were going with the culture back then and they're going with the culture now. Like when I look at the church now and I look at all the ones that are becoming woke, and I'm like, why are they conforming to the culture? 
why? And it's like, well, maybe a certain person of the church has always conformed to the culture. It's just the culture used to be Christian. Does that make sense? I think that does make sense. Yeah. I, I yeah, like I the think Carter so. made as well that like which one's leading which, which one's right. influencing which is you know like like what what they say uh, politics is downstream or uh, culture is downstream from politics and you, you almost wonder okay is is religion upstream or downstream from culture? Like well the the Carterism that I coined a couple of years ago, which I'm not 100 percent in agreement with now, but uh, is that philosophy is upstream of culture. Right. So, and and I would say religion is a special case of philosophy. I, I view religion as rudimentary philosophy. Um, so, yeah, I think philosophy is upstream of culture. Um, and then, and then, obviously, politics is downstream of culture. And I feel like um, philosophy but, doesn't even belong in that category at all. <laughs> like it's like it's a science. It's another like science, uh, another uh, of uh, uh, area of science, scientific inquiry and study. Uh, I mean, philosophy is is how is how to live on Earth, right? The major the major categories: philosophy, metaphysics, epistemology, um, ethics. Those are all religion has a lot to say about all three of those. Like they're, they're definitely yeah, they do have definitely that. related. <laughs> so um, that's interesting. That's an interesting thought. I'm going to play with that. One we we can talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, I I by the way, I think I think um, people get turned off by mentioning philosophy nowadays because. Modern philosophy has, by and large, been such a dung heap that uh, there's no reason to consider it valuable at all because it's like it doesn't do anything. It's just it's a mess. But um, without without like good philosophy, without without decent philosophy, um, you know, it's easy to disparage philosophy as a whole. Well, it's like to bring up the technology example before, at least with science, scientific method and whatnot, it ends up creating this, these new scientific technologies and stuff that we can then, you know, make our lives better with. But how much of right. this philosophy actually filters down and becomes something that the day to day that we can work with in our day to day life, you know? Well, just as an example, uh, a belief in an objective reality, like a single metaphysical reality, that's a philosophical position that a lot of modern philosophers actually don't hold. And all of science is built on that particular object. Like all of science rests on that belief, uh, with the exception of Deepak Chopra's ramblings. Um, ramblings. Like all of <laughs> all of science rests on that, right? All of technology rests on that metaphysical assumption. But it's not a medical it's not a medical metaphysical assumption that the postmodernists uh, believe. I wonder, I wonder if somebody like contacted Deepak Chopra and they're like, hey, dude, um, listen, we need some of your writings, but we need them written at like a fourth grade level. Nothing too multisyllabic or nothing like that. <laughs> we don't need, we don't need his writings at all. No, no. no. And, and what we need to do is we need to take those and convert them over into Biden speeches so that, you know. Oh, can, oh, maybe. Yeah. That yeah. way the people can actually access your philosophy. <laughs> Uh, All right, uh, let's go on Super Chat. Wait, wait, wait. This is a good, oh. this is a good segue oh. real quick. You want to do a segue? Okay. I do realize that the my first attempt at explaining or trying to articulate what I was thinking a second ago, I sounded like Biden in his recent town hall. No. Um, <laughs> well, no, Carrie, it was not that bad. Jesus Christ. I mean, <laughs> let's not. Like, we, we, need, we need a party to help pick her back up a little bit. A little celebration. Yeah, come on. Whatnot, you know. I no one was saying ago. that, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, okay. Uh, speaking of i do want to get to the rest of the super chats but could this would be a good time i just sent you a, a tweet from elijah is Sh it the one Schaefer. from jason 
No, oh. do the one from Elijah first, because in case nobody's seen it, I don't watch a lot of the politics stuff, but occasionally I've, I I think I, I probably should. So oh, I watched this one. Do you want Biden. the sound? Do you want the audio? Yeah. Because that's a different thing. Okay, hold on. Let me do the audio. And so I watched this Biden clip. It's not very long. And then uh, I, I decided I do have to watch the whole town hall now. I haven't done it yet, but I need to watch the whole thing. I saw it's this clip as well, and it does make me want to watch the whole town <laughs> Town yeah. hall and, a, and like a horrible, I, like, wow, how many cars are in that pileup? Oh, that's not why I want to watch it though. Yeah, this is this is concerning, but I want to watch it because I need to know what they're I need to know what they're pushing. I need to know what propaganda he's pushing. And I haven't really been plugged yeah. in recently to what he's doing. So um, but but this is uh Elijah Schaefer said <laughs> he said the best part of this is watching Don Lemon have to pretend like it's going well. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I really do. It really is awesome how the, I think average people are seeing, again, the mainstream media just, they, they, they flipping from how they treated Trump to how they treat, are treating Biden. It's like everything Trump did was horrible. The way he ate ice cream was horrible. Everything about Trump was horrible. And, and it is funny to watch them be like, Literally, I saw a headline in ABC, I think it was, that said, Biden eats ice cream like a boss. <laughs> and like, right. and and then Don Lemon is like, this is normal. <laughs> like having a conversation with an yeah. insane person. Let's watch this. Let's watch this. Uh, so good. All right. Wait, let me, uh, I should make it bigger. Okay. And I'll take, I should take this thing off the screen. Hold on for a second. There we go. That's underway, just like the other question that's illogical. And I've heard you speak about it because you always, I'm not being solicitous, but you, you're always straight up about what you're doing. Yeah. And the question is whether or not we should be in a position where you uh, um, are, why can't the, the, the experts say, we know that this virus is in fact, uh, um, uh, it, it, it's going to be, uh, or excuse me, we, we, we know why all the drugs approved are not temporarily approved, but permanently approved. Yeah. That's underway, too. I expect that to occur quickly. Well, that means you mean for the FDA? For the FDA. <laughs> yeah, that was a totally normal thing you just said there, Biden. I got it. It was good. <laughs> yeah, he acts like that. He just he just covers for him and acts like there wasn't anything strange about that. But yes, yes, sir. Yes, I'm, Mr. Tr President. I'm, I'm mm. trying to follow, but I just don't know. <laughs> like, you, you know how some people talk kind of like a little weird, a little disjointed and whatnot, but you can kind of contextually pick out what they're saying. I, right. I don't know what the hell he was saying, like at all. Yeah. It was tough. It was tough. So there's two things that I, I noticed other than what's obviously taking place in front of us. Um, one is that, do you, did you see the CNN little uh, Chiron at the bottom? It said, yes. When will children under the age of 12 be able to get the vaccine? And and think about the way they phrase that question. Just the way they phrase the question. What's assumed in the question? It, of course. Yeah. I'm reading that question and it's telling me kids under 12 should get they should get it. Oh my gosh, when will they be able to? Psychologically, messaging like this, people don't, I, I think some people don't, the ones who buy into all this stuff, they don't realize how it's affecting them every day imbibing this and the whole way you frame things is based on these multiple impressions that you're receiving and you're getting impressions that are telling you your brain is translating that as something the vaccine is necessarily good and children necessarily should have it oh my gosh when will they be able to you know 
Well, I mean, uh, Carrie, one of the biggest propaganda tools, which is not new and has been, has, I mean, it's been around forever, is, and it's one of the ones that is, I think, more one of the more subtle tools that people n normally don't realize is is hidden premises. It's premises yeah. that are not explicit. Yes. That are you, you take a premise, you start from a premise, and make statements. And that prem, and when you do that, and when you, and you don't, when people don't realize the starting premise, they accept the starting premise. Yeah. It's it's dangerous. Yeah. Well, something I, I don't know if you guys follow Kate Caitlin uh, Johnstone. Do you know who she is? No, I don't know who she is. She's a journalist who she's in Australia, and I would describe her as sort of she's a progressive who I really like and respect. And I know you have, I, I've had this back and forth continually about what's a progressive? How's it different than an SJW? She's not an SJW. And oh, I know how it's different. I just think yeah. they're also horrible. Well, she's awesome. And she said, here's what she said about this clip of Biden. She said, the cool thing about having a U.S. president with obvious dementia symptoms is it makes it clear that the administration is running independent of his authority which is like training wheels for the reality that all administrations are run independent of any president's authority. And she goes, it turns out a presidential administration can run fine, even if the president has a degenerative neurological disease. Perhaps the presidency isn't as important as advertised. Perhaps the most powerful government in the world isn't being run by its elected officials at all. And then she continued along this line about, um, this is something I, I, you and I have talked about, or we've talked, Talk about people in the show where when Biden, uh, when they said that Biden won, there were people saying, oh, they're going to this is a ploy. They're going to take him out of there so Kamala can run the, 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 the U.S. And it's like, why would they need to do that? They're both equally pliable she can run anyway. people <laughs> right, yeah. and he they can control him just as well as they control her. And she says she says, uh, quote, if Kamala takes over for Joe. All that will change is the U.S. will go from having a fake puppet president with dementia to having a fake puppet president who doesn't have dementia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Is this is this the kind of progressive who will agree that there's a deep state? Yes. Because so, so this is what's weird about that person being a progressive. Progressives are the OG autocrats. They're the technocrats. They're the people that put in the deep state. They're the people that advocated for and installed the deep state. That's what progressivism is at its core. That's what it is. I don't know enough about it to be able to. I'm just. I mean, just read about the history word. of progressivism. Like that. That's what it is, right? That's they. It's technoc technocracy. Like well, the that's first what it is. people being have you know coming from the left. The first people I ever heard talking about the deep state were progressives. I mean, Dennis Kucinich and, and we were. Noam Chomsky people that talked about the deep state were on the left. Mother Jones. Oh, yeah. But was, is Chomsky a progressive or just on the left? On I would consider left. him a progressive. Really? Yeah, I, don't, I never. I don't know. I, don't, I, don't know. I, I haven't listened to enough of his stuff, but just in listening to him, I, I kind of tend to agree with a lot of what he says, but I would consider him more just left than progressive. Well, maybe maybe Caitlin's yeah. not a progressive either. Maybe I shouldn't put that title on her. She's just on the left. I don't know. But that's these the people. That, well, yeah. I mean, to be fair, that's the problem with these titles. You know, Noam Chomsky might have been many different things throughout his entire career he's, he's been around quite a while you know it's true yeah. so, and the labels are constantly kind of shifting a little bit you know so it's like i don't know maybe what you called him 10 years ago may not quite apply today but people on the left yeah. though we went from a place of talking about the deep state acknowledging that it exists obviously 
in the deep state, I mean, unelected officials and a lot of them in the, the security agencies who who stay there even when a president presidency changes. They're just there. This apparatus that exists. And it's like, do you, do you think that doesn't exist? Of course it exists. So um, the left used to talk about this openly. We talked about it in reference to the, the deep state as who was pushing us to go into war in Iraq. And then somehow we forgot all that when Trump started talking about deep state. Then we're like, oh, that's some right wing conspiracy. No, it's not. We were talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's the okay. left was. And one of the things that yeah. was good about the left was that they embraced, especially with respect to the military industrial complex. Granted, that was a Republican coined term, but the left embraced it pretty. I mean, Chomsky embraced it, right? Like as a yeah. as a term of, of something that that had significance that was representing something real and something to be f- feared and and dismantled. Um, but uh, yeah, that. I think that, to me, well, that's one of the things that betrays what the left has been all about this whole time, is that, or many of the people on the left, is that once they were actually confronted with someone who was like, yeah, let's dismantle the deep state, they were like, ah, that was just a talking point. We never actually wanted that. Like, we just wanted control of the deep state. (laughs) Like, we weren't actually wanting to dismantle it. Um, except the ones who actually do like Jimmy except Moore, except those few right they, right they get called alt right when it's like no they can be further from the truth that's I, not I love I love Jimmy Dore <laughs> yeah me too off. <laughs> yeah by the way someone someone in chat just asked what the difference between progressivism and leftism is I'm I'm not an expert but I do want to say when I when I use the words um, I think there's a lot of similarities between the two but um, Progressivism was a movement in the late 19th century um, that pushed for the idea that um, scientific it was it kind of grew out of the the um, the success of science and technology generally, and it was this idea that smart people who were experts in things could be installed in government to run things, and it was that's what progressivism. It was also a eugenics movement. Um, which they don't like to talk about, and they, they shove that under the rug. But uh, progressivism was was this idea that autocrats, experts, can be installed in government to run things, and, the, and government will be much more efficient if experts run all different things, and it's about building this state apparatus of experts that can run things. That is distinctly different from someone who, for example, is a radical Marxist who believes that I mean, because some radical Marxists, although they're wrong about this, their their vision of utopia is not that a bunch of experts run stuff, but that like there's this kind of everyone together is in in this the massive equality kind of thing. It's a wrong view of how communism works, but um, you don't have to be a progressive to be on the left. Um, and and when I was growing up, leftism often just meant you know uh, you were anti-drug laws and you and you wanted and you wanted uh, to end wars and you were pro radical freedom of speech and you wanted like a welfare state that was kind of on the left that's what it was in the 80s basically that that made you a leftist right so but that doesn't that's not the same as a classical progressive i don't know how progressive has evolved as a term so but that's when i say it that's what i'm talking about part of the problem is all of these terms are now they've become muddied and vague. And that's why we have to define terms all the time, because I'll, I'll be talking to someone about, you know, 
someone someone will use the term liberal in a way that I would never use it. And I know what they mean. They're describing some something somebody that I would call an SJW or or something like that. But and then we have to define get in there and define terms. Well by liberal I mean this, but I understand what you mean when you use it that way. I just don't use it. It's, so, it's such a confusing right. time. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird how like I would massively embrace a liberal from twenty years ago now. They would be such an ally in a way that 20 or 30 years ago, I'd have thought, like, I'm not really aligned with the liberals because I, you know, I want the government to get out of economics and blah, blah, blah. And then, but, like, nowadays, it's like, well, I would welcome an actual liberal. I'm like, a liberal from Not many of those ago. left. Now, these, I know. <laughs> these labeling issues is exactly why I chose the labels that I apply to myself. And, and it's an anarchist and atheist. And it's because I, they, all they do is tell you what I don't believe. There's nothing in those descriptions that tell you what I do believe. Like all, all it's saying is I don't believe these things, but that's it. Everything else is up for discussion. We can talk about it because I lean left, quote unquote, left on some things. And I lean, quote unquote, right on other things. You know, it's just it's just I, I and, and those opinions may change over time as I am exposed to new evidence and new arguments and things like that. And they have changed over time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's let's do some more super chats. Let's get caught up because we're close to getting caught up. Uh, B. Allen, B. Allen. I think she's she's gone, but B. Allen wishes Beverly a happy birthday. Huh? B. Allen. She's gone. Beverly is gone. Oh, she was sorry. in chat. I believe she. Beverly's pronoun is she. Uh, she's not here. Don't to me. I clearly thought I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to kind of imply that maybe we're not sure about Beverly's pronoun because I'm giving her sass today. Uh, but anyway, she's gone. Uh, but. We will wish her a happy birthday. Thank you. Um, and Carrie, uh, yes, I knew, I did know. I'm not, I know you're, I know you know. Okay. Um, Bets STP says there is no such thing as microaggression. There is low key aggression and misguided neutral or good intent. Teach love, teach about humanity of all. And the last one that I've got here is from G Man who says if you want to ask someone where they're from, you can but only in the passive voice. It's like how you can say people of color, but you can't say colored people. SJWs worship weakness. How would you say that in the passive voice? Carrie, do you, like, how do you say where are you from in the passive voice? I have no idea. So let's kind, move kind of on. Like a, kind of like no means no, you know, when you say no, no, but no means no is like, no, no, that's kind of passive. Like no. that? Like that? <laughs> no, Dude. that's not what he means. <laughs> where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. That's all I got. That's all no. I got. Uh, <laughs> Someone says, "From where are you?" <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. Are we going full Yoda on this one, or what? <laughs> From where are you now? Yes. <laughs> all right. By the way, um, someone points out that I'm. Uh, I do know how to mansplain. That is true. Uh, yes. Carrie, uh, you, I, we can't, we can't neglect to bring up the thing that Jason wanted to talk about. Jason, and I sent you a, oh. a tweet from Jason since we were talking about Biden. So in that town hall, Biden said something really weird on stage. We didn't show this clip, but on stage he said something about how Republicans believe that he, Joe Biden, uh, drinks sucks the blood of children. It was very weird, and then. Uh, he said it again in an interview. And so this clip is from the interview where now he's said it multiple times. 
Do you want the audio from this clip too? Yeah, Jason wanted us to show this this interview clip and talk about it. All right. Sorry, I just I I need it depends where I queue it up. Um, You guys in the chat are, I see you cheeky little. (laughs) What are they doing in the chat? I don't want to know. All right. Here we go. That's the fun in the police. Are there people who, in the Democratic Party, are there people in the Republican Party who think we're sucking the blood out of kids? I'm not sure. Are there people in the Democratic Party? Uh, 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 he thinks he's funny with us. He thought he was funny. Look at where he walked away smirking like he thought he made it. Yeah. 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 He, it was a slam dunk for him. He was like, I, I nailed that one. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get his point. His point is like, is there someone who believes a ridiculous thing in an entire giant party? Um, his example, though, his repeated use of the same example is a little bit creepy. Yeah, it is creepy. And I think he was doing two things in that clip. Uh, He, one, do you see how he's trying to take a question that is a legitimate question? Does the Democratic Party want to defund the police? That's a legitimate question, given how many Democrats this past year have been talking about defunding the police. We've seen them. We've seen Democratic state representatives and we've covered it on the show who've tweeted things in support of defunding the police. It's like, is that not a legitimate question to ask? He tries to equate that question with uh, an absurd question. A ridiculous about, thing, right? Yes, he tries to say, that that's a cop-out. Just answer the question. It's an avoidance tactic. You don't want to answer about defunding the police. So what you do instead is something, it's worse than than being evasive. You're being evasive, and then you're also, also being evasive by trying to uh, say that all Republicans believe that you suck the blood of children. That's not true. Well, or that he said you they, some, do some Republicans, right? Right, but it's just, that's just not... I don't know. It's just very dishonest. No, I I, I yeah, agree with you. Depends and on now how far I'm down the rabbit hole you've gone. I'm compelled to share my uh, Carrie. I I have to share now my my uh, meme about this. This is how. <laughs> this is my. Okay. I'm totally for defunding the police <laughs> as long as we start with the ATF, FBI, DEA, and NSA. Yep. So <laughs> spot on. we can do all that. Yeah, but that's yeah, not that. that's not what they mean. Uh, by the way someone's complaining about the audio sorry the audio was so loud i can't actually tell what the audio levels are and um so you get what you get yeah this app's supposed to auto adjust some of that stuff hmm there's an option that auto adjusts your mic level yeah the issue is it's quite i don't want to get into tech it's coming through the same thing as this and i can't ten fourth yeah. So I, I just really quickly, I know there are going to be people in the chat who um, are going to say that there's some credence to the things that they, the ridiculous question that he then says. Um, and I haven't, look, I don't rule out. <laughs> there's a lot that I don't rule out. You should know me. I like to go down the so-called conspiracy theory rabbit holes, but I also don't talk about things that, uh, that I don't say that I have faith in things that I don't have reason to. So I don't know. I guess I'm open-minded. I'm open to the possibility of, I know there's a lot of child abuse that happens in elite circles. I know that. And I guess I'll just leave it at that. Oh, I see. Um, Yeah. Notice he didn't didn't answer this, the question that he posed either. (laughs) No. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. That's also, I mean, he didn't deny it. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, just he's sorry. I gotta. I got some blood on the plane. I gotta get going. Is he personally involved in some? I don't know. Yeah, the kid on the plane about to turn fourteen, and he can't have that. <laughs> blood expires after. That's why he wants vaccinations for kids under twelve. That's it. See. Because you don't want the unvaccinated blood. No, you don't want to be feeding. Oh, you. you don't want to get get COVID banned. from your victim. It's <laughs> <laughs> gotten so ridiculous. Obviously, you don't want unvaccinated blood. I mean, I don't. Hey, blood. this is one of those times. I think it would be really funny if we just just to be over the top and and let YouTube know when we're like joking, like and it goes by like a oh, Pee Wee Herman yeah. show. Where he would be like word of the day, but it just like the whole yeah. screen explodes ah! with like ah jokes ah. jokes. <laughs> we need a little graphic that says Carrie is nervous that you don't know it's a joke, and it, it's like a little party graphic that comes up. It doesn't. <laughs> that's I don't what, mean, that's it doesn't need. even need to be nerves. It just needs to be pointing out the fact that we have to be so avert these days. It's so like, ridiculous, but we yeah, do often just, have to put a tag on your yeah. channel that says satire and everything's Look. solved. While we were doing this live stream, I just got a text from Mike Carlo. He just got banned again from Facebook for 30 days. He This happens to him all the time for sarcasm and humor. Again, again, for humor, for humor. <laughs> it's not, just to be clear, Zuckerberg, banning people is not funny. Cut it out. Um, Zach Adamson says, sniffing the kid is like sniffing a wine cork. Oh, <laughs> Oh no, Zach. So, uh, I, I did want to talk about. There's two other things I want to talk about today. One is a topic that Daniel proposed, and one is that funny thing I sent you. Which should we do? For, let's say the funny one for last. Yeah, that sounds great. Is that what's the topic Daniel proposed? Oh, would Daniel like to bring up the topic? Is that what yeah. I'm being asked? I'm yeah. in the passive, and I'm using passive voices so that we, it's passive you're not offended. Thank, thank you. I don't feel like progressed against. At least I feel like I'm in a very safe. I'm in a very safe space, but unsafe space. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, um, so th there was there's something been going on. I've noticed in my feed a lot is is a lot of people are um, celebrating their uh, their their addictive recoveries. They're hey, I'm, I'm this many days sober. Congratulations and all that, and. I, while I don't have an issue with that in and of itself, what started bothering me was the amount of times I'm seeing it, like the amount of times I'm seeing it and then the response that they're getting. And it prompted me to write a post. Now, I'd like to read the post so that way people kind of get a, a sense of where I'm coming from, um, if, if that's all right with you guys. Yeah. Um, you're welcome. How dare you? You're, you're welcome to bring it up if you want. Or I don't know how I can do this. Uh, wait, do you sent it to me, right? Yes. I can bring it up. Hold on. I just have to find it for a second. So, a and, and post, just right? just to give yeah. a little bit of of background on this, my daughter is currently going going through this stuff, and she is now, uh, I think, in her like forty days sober. She's nineteen years old, and oh, wow. finally in moving in a positive direction. So, I'm 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 dealing with this also on a personal level as well. And I, I discussed it on our show. Um, Anthony kind of interviewed me <laughs> about it, and it's the first time I've brought up some something this personal on the show before. But um, I'd recommend go watch that if you would like the, the deeper story behind that. But um, just for today's purposes, I'd like to kind of read through this um, if you'd like. So uh, the gist of it is, yeah, let me bring up my own. So so I, I didn't, here, here's what it says. 
I don't mean to be insensitive, but I'm so tired of seeing these quote unquote, I beat addiction stories. And everyone is in the comments like, I'm so proud of you. You're so strong. That's amazing. And I'm over here like, congratulations. You managed to pull your head out of your ass and achieve the bare minimum to be societally acceptable. You managed to control your urges. Now what? Nobody asks, why are these stories so numerous? Are we as a society ever going to actually solve the problem? Like, how about parents stop being so, uh, I'm sorry, cursing a lot on here? <laughs> Should I edit a little bit? I, no. You can curse. <laughs> okay. So, like, how about parents stop being so total self-absorbed jackwads, fucking your kids up to the point they feel they need to self-medicate your bullshit away? Like, how about women stop sleeping around with every Tom, Dick, and Harry, completely destroying your sexual market value and ending up with stepdaddies that are 32 times, yes, times, more likely to diddle your kittles? This would traumatize anyone right into a bad meth habit. How about completely legalizing all of these substances and bringing the practice out of the shadows, uh, allowing people to actually get the help they actually need, minus the social and, and legal stigma that currently accompanies drug use? How about we learn how to form healthy boundaries and quit enabling problematic behavior? Tough love does work. Cut them off, assholes. Is the bar in society really so low that we give participation trophies for not doing something? How about we stop infantilizing addicts as well as single moms? Don't even get me started on single moms acting like they're so stunning and brave for achieving literally nothing, contributing nothing. The people in the comments section cheering on these former addicts are the most guilty. Where were they when your friend or family member was in the middle of their drug induced getaway vacations? You click that little heart in the I'm 30 days sober post. I got to ask, where the fuck were you when they were struggling with their addiction and the whirlwind of demons they were battling with? Did you click it for them or did you click it for themselves? Yes, overcoming addiction is a tough struggle and worth the self-pride that comes with it. But at some point, we got to wonder as a society, why is this story so freaking common? Yeah. So I have, Daniel knows, because I commented on his post. So I disagree with him on a few things. But I mean, we probably agree more than we disagree. Uh, but I also disagree with, there's another Daniel. Hello, Daniel. And Daniel Keene in the chat, who says uh, this constant posting of personal accomplishments is a cry for attention and validation. I don't always agree. I'm sure sometimes it is, but I, and, and one of the things I said to you is when I see these kind of posts, mm -hmm. they make where people are, are celebrating their 30 days or their 60 or their year, or their two year, whatever it, it makes me so happy. It's like what we said earlier in the, um, in the episode when we had Libby on and she was talking about news and everybody's like, why doesn't anybody report good news? And there's that, that website full of good news and nobody ever goes there. Nobody wants to read it. And it's like that with social media posts, you'll see posts where people are bagging on one another that get lots of attention and everyone's on there. And, and we're all really familiar with the kind of posts where we talk about what we don't like or what's wrong with the world or I, this toxic, I, I, toxic ideology, et cetera. When I see a personal accomplishment post, whether it's about someone's kids um, graduation, losing weight, uh, vacation, like whatever it is that's positive, right? especially something this hard to do. It makes me so happy for them. And I also, I, th I think it's also, it's also encouraging for other people to read that because you don't know how many people in their life need to see that and hear that. And so like, for example, um, someone I know who has, who's, who's been in recovery for a while now, or who has quit drinking for a while now, a lot of the, their friends have problems with drinking and to see that, to see that he has stopped and to see how he's flourishing is a really encouraging thing because it's like, if he can do it, maybe I could do it. And what I know I've done, I did a article about uh, my year of sobriety 
-hmm. And the number of messages that I got afterwards from people who wanted encouragement, who just wanted to hear that it's possible. That was, that was overwhelming to me. And it's like, that's why you share those things is because there's people there who are struggling with that same thing. And you're showing them, look, if I can do it, I never thought I would quit drinking. Right. No, if I, I, can, I can stop. Then it's like, you can stop too. You just don't, maybe you're in that place where you don't think it's possible yet. Right. And, and also as someone who's new, new to sobriety, it's only been a year and I don't know, eight months, nine months, nine months, maybe nine months. Uh, then I like to hear from the old timers who've been sober, like, you know, 30 years and it's like, holy crap, that's inspiring to me. And it, and so anyway, that's one perspective. I know that's not, you weren't really prepared. Right. Right. That, yeah. I didn't, I didn't want to spend too much yeah. time focusing on the individual making the post. Cause like I said, I mean, right. it is a tough thing and it's worth mentioning. It's, it's not something right. I want to discourage people from doing necessarily what I'm, what I'm more concerned about is the amount of times I'm seeing it come up. The, the right. see, like, yes. like the 30,000 foot view, like, okay, why is this such a pervasive issue in our, in our society? Why is this right. such a common story? Like we're all like, we all know what the story is. Like yeah. it's, it's not, it's not like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. No, it's like, oh, here goes another one. Like yeah. that, that's a problem. And that's what, that's what was really, it was, it was kind of one of those uh, ranty posts that just kind of came out of the middle of the yeah. night. Like, and, um, and, and I knew, I knew it would sound insensitive and that's, and that's, I'm okay with that. I'm not, no, again, but I hear what you're trying to say, but I'm trying to right? ask important questions here. I'm, I'm trying yeah. to ask what, what is going on that we keep seeing this? What, what, what can we do to fix it? What, what are some other solutions? Like, um, the biggest issue that we had with my daughter was everybody else around us that, that kept freaking enabling her. Like if she, she'd text him and, and we would tell them straight up, Hey, if she asks you for money, do not give her money. Do not give her money. But lo and behold, she messages her grandma. She messages a friend and they're like, Hey, yeah, yeah, I'll give you 20 bucks for gas. Cause you're struggling. But no, she wasn't struggling. She was doing, doing shit with it. And it's like you, I had, I was fighting with them more than any. Anybody yeah. else, like everybody else around that's enabling this behavior, like y'all need to stop and, and let let her learn her mistakes, let her hit that rock bottom, let her run out of options, you know, and then maybe she'll start heading on to the, the correct path if that is, you know, if that's even yeah. possible. But, but why you're saying why I, I you're, you're asking the big questions of why is this such a common problem anyway? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I mean, I, I threw out some questions that might be some potential solutions, or some, not solutions, but reasons why. I mean, a, a lot of people who are addicts are dealing with childhood trauma, are dealing with, you know, sexual abuse or whatever the whatever the, the bad thing that they're trying to medicate away. Um, and, and it's like you're never going to solve the problem until we can start solving the those problems. It's kind of like. Um, uh, what was what was I was just thinking the other day? It's like uh, uh, my my stance on CRT. I don't give a shit about teaching CRT in schools because we have such a deeper problem that we're not dealing with. That CRT is just a, a end result of a root problem. Yeah. Um, like it, that's just going to be another whack-a-mole issue we've got to deal with. Same thing with the addiction stories. These are just whack-a-mole stories that we're going to keep freaking having to deal with on an individual level. But until we solve the problem on the back end, like it's just going to keep happening. You know. It's so interesting because you're an atheist and I'm a Christian, but I agree with you on this 100%. And I bet we probably agree on what some of the root problems are, not the whack-a-mole problems that come out of it, but the root problems. Like what, what it comes to mind? Like the, like the dissolution of the family. The, I think the, we're, not raising kid, we're not raising healthy kids. Yeah. I think there's a big problem of neglect and abuse. Hang on, let, me, let, me remove, let me remove a word from what you said. Okay. We're not raising kids. 
We're not raising kids. Yeah. Period. I mean, it's not, it's not whether we're raising healthy kids or not. We're just as a society. We're well, look at what we look at what we've said to um, look, look at what we've done to stay at home moms. Um, oh, hold them up I, on a pedestal. All right. <laughs> You're so I, by no means I'm saying that the woman has to stay home that like you, there are other options like guys, the guy could stay home. Like there are issues early, early on with breastfeeding that do require <laughs> the mother's involvement. Right. Um, and I, and I'm not saying you have to have kids either, but um, stay at home moms served a real purpose for raising children. They, their primary responsibility was providing the environment uh, in which the child would would grow and learn how to behave in society. Like that was their primary responsibility. And now, at least in major cities, I mean, you know, I'm in the Bay Area, so I'll just speak for everyone around. You know, you like. Uh, reflecting on what's around me, it's outsourced to the cheapest, usually illegal immigrant that you can find uh, that's willing to be a nanny or take care of your kids or daycare or whatever. You outsource it. And as soon as you can send them to school, you send them to school for as many hours a day as possible. And you both go to work and, and you work your asses off and you get home and you're both tired and you don't have time to spend with a kid and you don't spend much time at home as, as you spend as little time as you can anyway because you're you're working. Um, and, uh, the kids being raised by the school that you're putting them in and the daycare that you're right. paying for. And that's not raising a child. You're not the one raising your child when you're doing yeah. that. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the comment section and there's a lot of agreement and disagreement on what the, what the, uh, root co problems are with what the root causes are for all this. And it's like, well, whether you agree with us or disagree with us, what the whole point of the post was to get people to start thinking about what are the root is are we actually solving the problem right now or is you know maybe you have a better solution maybe you have another idea what might be causing all this i'm i'm all ears i'd like to hear it and if we can come up with some other solutions that's where i think we need to start turning our attention rather than focusing so much on the ind individual and um and it's it's like um what bothered me the most i'm slight shift in in subject here was was the people that are in the comments section congratulating them not the ones that are like hey your story is inspiring i needed that and, and you know I, to see that it's possible i'm talking about the people who were nowhere to be found might have even been enabling them through the process yeah. that are also clicking that little heart icon like you got to be shitting me right now like that's, i think those yeah. people are just unconscious <clears throat> there's so many unconscious people they're just sort of floating through life they're not really thinking about their actions or behaviors what it, what do they believe what are they enabling it's just sort of like oh you need money for your drug addiction sure i'll give you 20 bucks and then later they say on facebook now you've been sober 30 days and then oh congratulations it's no difference to them whether they're giving you the 20 dollars to buy drugs or if they're congratulating you on kicking oh no no it, it makes yeah. every, every bit of difference to them i might disagree with you on this um uh, when they gave them the 20 bucks who did that make feel better them when they yeah. clicked a little heart icon and they got to see that they were there supporting their loved one loved one who did that who'd that benefit them not the that's person what I mean. struggling that's what i mean it makes no difference to them because they're just feeling like they're just floating through life it's like i gave you 20 I mean the other person's the other the, person's the behavior other person makes no difference to them as long as they get to feel good about as long as they get themselves. the little yeah. happy joy joy juice yeah, okay in the heart right, icon or right. sending 20 bucks over venmo right to the person doing that to the person who's right. behaving in that unconscious way it they're not thinking about how those two things contradict one another it's just sort of 
oh, you know, one day you need to, I'm not thinking yep. too deeply about whether I'm enabling you or not. It's just that I feel good that I gave you the $20. And then later I see you've uh, kicked your addiction. For the, great. Here's a heart. You know, it's just sort of just this un, un, uh, unmoored existence. So yeah, well, it's not actually, you're not actually being their friend either. You're being an observer who's getting points um, yeah, yeah. one way or another. Right. I'm, and, I'm, under, and, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm under no I'm under no illusion that you know pointing out those those people's role in this is the root problem. I know that it's just one step back yeah. from <laughs> from the symptom here, it, but it's it's a step in the right direction. It's like okay, we need to start holding these people accountable. Like, dude, I I saw on my daughter's post, um, I saw I think it was like seventy at the time seventy six reactions to this thing, thirty some comments. And I know for a fact some of those people played a role in supporting her habit. And I'm like, no, this is no, <laughs> not happening. And some of those people did get rather, uh, mm, oh, I, he must have been talking about me. What's Daniel's problem with me? What did I do wrong? Like, yeah, so they haven't, I, talked, I, me, they haven't I, talked to me about it. This is what I've heard through the grapevine. <laughs> yeah. I want to say something that will probably piss more people off, but is going to be more supportive of what you're saying, Daniel. <laughs> so, like, because I just, I, it needs to be said. Um, You can be and should be supportive. If you've got a friend who's struggling with something, uh, drugs, alcohol, it doesn't matter, whatever it is. They're, they've got bad time. They're on, they've fallen on hard times and they're struggling with something and eating they, it. <laughs> eating it, whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, it is completely appropriate to be supportive when they like kick that habit, right? And, or whatever it is, like when they recover, it's completely appropriate to be supportive. However, I do think it's a sign that something's wrong when there is massive celebration of baseline normal adult functioning. The stand, like being sober is good. And I'm, and you know, Carrie, I'm a friend with Carrie and I've, I have another friend who's been sober for, I don't know, 15 years, right? right? I'm happy for both of them and I'm supportive of their sobriety. But we do recognize that's the like that's one of many minimum standards for adulting it's it's not building a rocket and going to the moon it's not achieving it's not an achievement in like a big celebrate achievement sense it's a i'm glad that you're not sick anymore like i'm like and people do get sick i have my own things i struggle with right mm -hmm. um but like i i'll just i'll bear it i'll just tell people like look i i love carbs like i love carbs like I try and be carnivore or whatever. I try and be healthy. I fucking love carbs. I can gain weight very easily eating carbs. You sound like a 90s homosexual coming out of the closet right now. I get it, right? <laughs> but and 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 people in my life that love me when I'm being healthy are like, yeah, that's great. I'm glad you're being healthy. Like I see your abs now or whatever it is. Like I'm glad you're healthier, right? But it's it's inappropriate to to celebrate me for not being obese. That's not that's not something that like that's not a, an achievement it's a minimum baseline functioning as an adult that should be the standard and actually i should get pressure from my friends and loved ones when i'm being unhealthy my wife should say right uh you have you gotta have a little bit too much carbs lately honey you're you're getting fat knock it off like I should have pressure in my life to to be at least at a minimum minimum functioning adult. And the problem that I see is so many people, especially with alcohol, so many people have a problem with alcohol 
and no one in their life gives a crap. They treat it as normal. Yeah. It's considered absolutely normal. No one even talks about it. And then, and then if they actually on their own, usually not with help from their friends and loved, I mean, sometimes a friend or loved one intervenes and that's great. But like when they, when they finally um, solve that problem in their lives, they get from like, just like you're saying, Daniel, from all these people who completely normalized it or maybe even enabled it. Yeah. They get all this like, you're so awesome. Can I? It has nothing to do with the person. Well, well, since you're using the, can I jump in real quick? Since you're using that carbs analogy, because, and like you said, this is bigger than just an addiction problem or, or one type of addiction. I think it's almost worse with the food and with overeating because um, there, culture is so backwards on this issue now and social justice has has played a large part in that where nobody right. wants this whole idea of like you should not tell people that fat being fat is unhealthy of course it's unhealthy being overweight it's that we if you love someone sure. it's like you wouldn't lie about smoking why are you lying about overeating and and you don't actually love those people if you're if you're going to lie to them um but but so it's it's almost to the point where with the eating thing um, unfortunately we have to congratulate people. Now we do have to congratulate people when they're, when they show improvement or they're losing weight or they make fitness goals and they meet them. We do because the culture is tilted entirely in the other direction. I'll just give you a an personal anecdote. Cause this was really bothering me recently is like, uh, my husband has been, had a lot of fitness goals, been working out a lot, made a lot of progress. We are constantly being around him and seeing people constantly, people pushing food on him, like pizza, chocolates, whatever. And if he says no, if he says no, heaven forbid, they're like, what's wrong with you? You need to eat more. You need to, you've been, instead of saying, wow, you look great. And he, he's not amazing. Like he, he could actually stand to lose a little more. He knows, he believes that he knows that it's like, that's up to him. I'm not, that's not my judgment. He really could, if he wants to, he doesn't need to, but they're like, instead of saying good job, you stuck with something, you've met these goals. It's like, why aren't you eating all this cake and pizza with me? What's wrong with you? Eat right. more cake it's, it's like it's like the buddy that's like, yeah. oh, come on, just have a beer. Come have a beer. It's like, no, yeah. no like, and, and stop grosses, pushing. It, yeah. it grosses me out. And I've seen this recently and I'm like, stop doing that. You're, you're making it hard for that person to stick to something that they, it's like, this is a goal I want. And, and like you said, it is. It's like people who uh, have a drinking problem and they don't like it when you stop drinking. And there, I had right. one person, one person in my life, almost every, everyone in my life was really great about me quitting drinking, but I had one person who was always pouring glasses of wine and pushing them towards me. Mm -mm, yeah. And actually two, but anyway, I know the one, people, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those people, it's like, why are you doing that? Because it makes right. you so uncomfortable that I'm changing myself and you don't want me to change. And it's right. that way with food. It's worse with food. It's worse with food. It is. It is. And, and, but sorry, I, the Daniel, other thing I, I want to, no, 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 you're fine. I, I held, I, I actually managed hanging on to that one. I just to talk about what you were referring to Carter about the, the bare, the base level, the bare minimum. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we, we celebrate people who achieve difficult things. Um, we celebrate right. people, people who have gone through and, and yes, uh, overcoming your eating addiction or your, your alcohol or drug addiction. That's, that's difficult. But here's the thing: we wait until the very end of the whole process before we start celebrating. Or why don't why don't you know we start like if if they start to head that direction, say hey, what's wrong, bud? What's going on? You maybe you're eating a little too. You know that that's that little nudge. Those those little 
hints and and uh, those 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 moments that you kind of notice somebody's heading in a bad direction. Don't don't wait until they've already crashed and have somehow managed healing from the process before then going. Hey, I, I always knew you could do it. Great job. <laughs> like that's right. That's and 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 what you were saying, I think, is super important. Which is, we should ask the question: Why are there so many adults who are not at basic minimum functioning adult level? Not just with addiction, but I mean, I've I ask that question all the time about like. Just like we talk about it with with Josh Slocum, like psychologically, why is there so much cluster B going on? Like, why are there so many adults right now who can't do basic functioning adulting? That's a real problem, and I think we need to talk about it instead of just like you know harding someone on Facebook when they get to that point. Exactly, exactly right, man. <laughs> it's a it's been a topic for, that I've been dealing with for a while. It is a participation trophy. That was oh the right God. thing phrase to use, by the way. It's a participation trophy. Yeah, it's, but it's go ahead. It, but I think until we until we turn culture around, like it's a cultural problem. Whether you think whether people in the in the chat agree with us or not, that it has something to do with the way that we're raising or not raising kids. It is a culture problem. And until we turn culture around, I think we have to have these positive reinforcements. When I see somebody who shares their weight loss goals and that they've achieved, they've gotten closer to those on Facebook, I celebrate that. You know who doesn't celebrate that? Social justice warriors. They say, oh, quit triggering me. Quit shaming fat people. Yeah, yeah, fat quit shaming. Doing this. Right. Quit doing that. Right. And it's like, no, right. celebrate something positive that this person has gratitude for. That's positive. This should be, this is like the Good News Tribune here, the Good News Tribune. I lost this weight I was trying to lose, or I quit drinking, and that is good news, and we should celebrate it because we have to turn, we have to turn the culture around somehow. So, but I do, yeah. I hear what you, I, I understand what you were saying with that post, Daniel. I do. I, we agree more than we disagree. Yeah, I, th I think most people do when they read yeah. it. Um, I, I have a way of writing that makes people go, F -f -f "Well, you're, you're kind of an asshole," but I kind of agree too. <laughs> 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 it gets people talking. This is what matters. Oh, That's good. Anyway, I, I appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to share that. By yeah, the way, uh, it's something I that's. Think it's, that's what we need to be talking about every day. It's like, how do we change this culture? Well, yeah. We, and, yeah. And, and the beginning of our conversation, you know, how we were talking about, you know, the the big societal issues and whatnot. Those those are fun to talk about, and I, I don't want to I don't want to knock anybody for talking about them. Hell, we talk about it sometimes. But I'm finding that the things that are most important to people are the ones that, you know, actually can change like people in your day to day can actually use. Like, you know, when we're talking about addiction, like I don't think there's anybody in the comments section that don't know somebody has gone through this, you know, and right. maybe they're even asking the questions. How do I deal with this person? Like, I feel really bad if I don't give them the money, but I need that little, that little nudge to be like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing by denying them. I'm doing the right thing by cutting them out, you know? And it's, it's, it's small things that the individual can actually deal with and, and use in their day to day that can actually have a, a measurable impact on their life. You know, it's uh, relationships is a huge one that we've been focusing on lately is, is, you know, because people, everybody has relationships and everybody keeps trying to figure out how to, you know, navigate those rocky waters, especially nowadays. But it's just it's yeah. just another another perspective that I, I felt like a lot of people need to start kind of thinking about. Yeah, it's it seems weird to say this in the era of cancel culture, but I'm and I've said it before, so I'll say it again. Uh, there is a there is real legitimate need for social pressure. Social pressure is not something that's always bad. It's bad when it's being used to pressure you into doing bad things, but. You actually can't live in a voluntary society without social pressure. Um, and I actually think 
when you start legalizing, when you start making laws, conflating laws with morality, you start undermining, like people start start abandoning social pressure as a main as a means for um, doing anything. And, oh no, and, no, uh, not, not at people. all. Not at all. The left has this down pat on the masks and the vaccines. Like, no, no, but I mean, we won't invite you to your house. We won't, you know, <laughs> you know, if, if you're not wearing, no, no, mask, I, we're going to shame the shit out I, of you. I get it. I, I get it, which it's is not but it's, logic that's supplied consistently. I, I get it. I'm talking more generally and not in the past year recently. Like I'm talking about when you start to end up with a society where, where morality is legislated mm-hmm. and, and a lot of the social pressure for the masks is not legislated. That's why there's social pressure. There's also some that's both right. Um, but you end up with people very hesitant to apply social pressure. Um, you, you went, we have a population that like people don't want to be viewed as a jerk. You don't want to be viewed as the one like you're supposed to not apply social pressure. And I get that the left is, is willing to do it, which is one of the reasons, by the way, that it's really destructive right now, because suddenly a group of people came along completely willing to apply social pressure in really bad ways. And they're, they're in the midst of this population that actually doesn't like applying social pressure, that has been avoiding applying social pressure. Um, but social pressure is necessary among people voluntarily interacting. That's how you get people to change. And I don't know what the right social pressure is. I'm not saying you need to shame everyone who's doing something that is is wrong. But like, you do have the ability to pressure people in your life to behave better and to be better people. And you should apply that pressure judiciously and lovingly. Like, that's part of caring about someone is caring about them becoming better. And part of them caring about you is is caring. Like, I'm glad if someone in my life says to me, you've gained weight, you got to knock it off. They love me. They're helping me. <laughs> they're not. Yeah, the, they're the not. Strategic, the strategic application of the shame is hugely important, too. It's like, yes, it, what's what's more impactful going to Walmart, seeing some lady not wearing a mask and like pointing the finger at her, wagging her finger at him. I like, or is it going to be talking to the friend of yours that you've known for years who might actually listen to what you're saying <laughs> like the, the lady at walmart's just going to look at you and flip you off and you're just going to start a battle that's not there's no place for shame in that yeah situation. right it's a stranger doing shaming performatively yeah performative right. shame yeah. oh my god that's the new phrase we gotta we gotta performative start shaming. performative shame <laughs> god i i was looking for this to send you carter this is from a couple years ago but it's been in the news again recently i'm not sure why maybe somebody in chat knows why but uh, this is from when the uh, Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit uh, put out an, a morbidly obese woman on the cover. Um, I, look, I'm just this is about how the culture is is you guys are talking about a loved one will tell you the truth out of love because they care about you. The culture doesn't love you. The culture is not does not care about you. <laughs> The culture is telling you that this is okay and healthy. And, 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 and we often, we can't say it is like, we can't separate treating someone differently for being different versus saying that what they're doing is healthy. And I've, I've never advocate on treating someone differently because they have an addiction or because they're right. overweight or because they're trans or whatever. No, but, but th- there you go right there. Uh, what's her name? This is from a couple years ago. Hunter. I don't I know. Anyway, so this is what the culture is putting out as the norm right now. And if you think that this doesn't normalize being obese. Hunter McGrady. Hunter McGrady. I think you're lying to yourself. I think they're trying to normalize being unhealthy. And 
I don't think that's a good thing. And it doesn't mean I think that you should treat people differently or, or, or be a jerk to them or be some, uh, what the social justice people would call fat phobic. I don't think you need to be fat phobic or anything, but I also don't think you have to lie and walk through the world speaking a lie and saying that obesity is fine. Um, yeah, you can say, I love you. Look what you're doing to yourself. Please yeah. don't. How can right. I help you? Right. And right. it's the same thing with it's the same thing with drinking. It's the same thing with smoking. And you know, the people that love me have always told me the honest truth. <laughs> and that's why that that's why that you want those people close to you because they love you enough to tell you the truth. And so anyway. Right. Right. Culture doesn't love you. <laughs> <laughs> the culture wants to tell you to get actually the they hate you vaccine <laughs> and they want to they, they want to tell you that because the vaccine's all about your health right and that's why they're giving you uh free hot dogs and beer and alcohol <laughs> like it's just an yeah, in fact idle resentment isn't it <laughs> yeah we could tie it all back to philosophy which daniel doesn't want to do but uh well I, it, you, don't, you don't speak on my behalf <laughs> i'm kidding i'll do whatever uh, you want to do carter Hey, that's a philosophical statement. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> we can tie it all back to philosophy and say the culture to the culture, because the culture is philosophically collectivist, to the culture, you are a means to an end. If, you, if we were in a free culture, you would be a sovereign individual. But sovereign individuality does not culturally rule right now as an idea. Collectivism rules as an idea. You are, you are a tool. You are part. You are a cog in the machine. You are part of something bigger in a way that uh, denies you uh, agency and/or rights. And so, the culture actually does feel about you in a particular way. It feels like you're fodder. That's what you are. It does have its own self-interest, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's also, yeah. you know, this not to open up a whole nother can of worms, but I saw, so we're distracted so easily from things that matter, but sometimes those distractions are sort of tangential to something that is really important. And there was this really distracting thing that happened on Twitter in the conservative Twitter world, which I'm sort of in sometimes. And I, I didn't know what was happening at first. I had to read more, but apparently at Turning Point USA, which was this conference for conservative mm -hmm. teenagers, I guess, college kids and, and high school kids. There was some uh, conservative, or she described herself as a conservative porn star who was there. And they ended up taking her badge away and telling her to leave. And so then there mm -hmm. was this huge like ba uh, battle about it on Twitter, what everybody needs to have an opinion, right? What do you think? What do you think? And I don't really, I mean, it's an isolated incident, so I don't really care. Like let, they can do what they want to do with their conference. But about porn itself, that's the more interesting conversation. I think that that that's why I mean that sometimes these things are tangential to something important. And our culture wants you to destroy yourself with porn the same way it wants you to destroy yourself with alcohol. It just wants you to do something. Take the Soma like in Brave New World. It just wants you to check out. And I've heard from people when I wrote that essay I told you about with me um, having been sober for a year. One of the people I heard from it wasn't even about alcohol. It was a guy who was telling me about his porn addiction and and battling with that continuously and what a hard struggle it was. And and I don't have to have had that same addiction to know what that struggle's like. Right. And, mm -hmm. and and it definitely is it, it it can it can destroy you. And 
we're not allowed to say that because that's not hip and cool or something. It just destroy well, you. I, but- <laughs> yeah, I just I just want need to say this. I need to throw it out there. Like I'm, I do believe addiction's bad, but I'm much more libertine. I, like we don't I don't have the same negative view of porn as inherently a horrible thing. And I happened to look into this story because I was confused by it. And I think that for me, the real question if the story is, is conservatism a, is Turning Point or even conservatism generally a political philosophy or a um, religious or, or like ethical system? Because she is the name their porn star's name was brandy love she is a conservative politically and oddly enough she didn't go there dressed as a porn star she went she bought vip tickets with her husband and a political activist Mm -hmm. sat in the front row dressed probably just she looked just conservative as everyone else dressed wise like she wasn't there promoting herself as an adult star she watched the le- the lectures from Dan Bongino and people. And then when she got back to her hotel, she had an email saying that someone had recognized her, which is kind of funny. A conservative who's bothered by her presence recognized her. You have to ask why um, or how they recognized her at the convention. And they kicked her out. And I so, want to interject. Oh, well, really- I just, let me finish my thought. I, okay. To me, the question is, and obviously it's a private event. They can do what they want. The question is, She's now saying I'm a conservative, and a bunch of conservatives are saying, no, you're not. Porn is against Christianity, blah, blah. She also claims to be a Christian, by the way. Porn is against Christianity, blah, blah, blah. You're not a conservative. And I think the real issue here is, are we talking about cultural conservatism and, like, ethical conservatism? Or are we talking about, like, political conservatism? And those, I think, are two distinct things. And that's that's where the issue is. That's the point I was going to make is you just described her as a conservative, but several people would not, even if she calls herself that. Just the same way that liberal, you have to figure out, like there are people who call social justice liberalism, and I'm like, that's not liberalism at all. And and there are a lot of conservatives who feel the same way, like that shirt that we made or I made, like there are a lot of conservatives who like that shirt that said, make Republicans conservative again, because they don't right. view the Republican Party as conservative anymore. And they see those two, it's, they're like, well, she might be a Republican, but she's not a conservative. Con- and so even that word, what is a conservative? It's like, you have to define what you mean by that now, the same way that I'm a liberal, but I have to define what that means because people use liberal in ways that I think are the exact opposite of liberalism. And I think they're conservative right. in the same way. They're like, that's yeah, and there's clearly a movement yeah. of like Christian conservatives who view it as a um, like an ethical belief system, not a not a set of political beliefs. Right. Um, and, you know, someone, by the way, someone in chat, I just wanted to like someone in chat said it was an event for kids like that's not true. And even if it were true, like, first of all, she was in a section with a bar. So like I thought, it, I thought yeah. it was for teenagers and college. It kids. was for college students, but there was a bar, and she was just there. Yeah. She has kids. Can she not go to school because because of her job? Like I would rather my kid be next to a porn star than a politician. I mean, uh, come on. Like it, she's not there being a porn star. She's just right. there. So like that whole it was for kids thing is a bullshit argument, and it really pisses me off. You can say I don't like her there because I don't believe in her lifestyle, and that's fine. But to say like it's for kids, therefore obviously she couldn't have been there. Like, what are you talking about? 
everyone there was over 18. There was a bar in the area where she was. She wasn't there as she wasn't promoting herself there. She's just sitting there watching the lectures. Like, are you going to ask what everyone does for a living and decide whether or not they can be there based on whether you think that their their uh, profession aligns with your ethical system? You can do that. That's fine. But be honest about what you're doing and don't say, well, it was it's for kids. Next year, all attendees identify as porn stars, whether you do it or not. Just if you ask what you do for a living, I'm a porn star. Right. I, I don't them. agree. Everybody. I mean, I'm, I mean, but you guys know that we don't have to argue about it. But I don't. I actually don't have a problem with them kicking her out. And I agree with G Man and Chad, who says what's conservative about pornography. I don't think there's anything conservative about porn. <laughs> well, <laughs> right. But you guys are using the definition that it's an ethical system, and you're, and, and that's fine. I don't care. I'm not right. a conservative. I don't care. <laughs> but like, but. But there is a that word is being used, and there are a lot of people. She has quite a lot of people who call themselves conservatives that are supporters, based on what I've read, at least. Like there's, it's there. That's why there's an argument on conservative Twitter because there's a lot of cons people who call themselves conservative that are on her side, and there's a lot of people who call themselves conservative who say no, it's about an ethical system, and she doesn't fit into that ethical well, system. Right. That's like in my world. There's a lot of social justice people that are I'm still in circles with on Facebook. Who call themselves liberals while they push, while they push things that are illiberal like censorship and and mm -hmm. and violence and war wait, <laughs> and, right. and it's like wait you, are, you can call yourself a liberal but I wait mean, run, run that by me again you're you're talking about people who are inconsistent in their ideas I I've never <laughs> met <laughs> yeah. anybody who is I just I I that's blowing yeah. my mind we should probably document this. <laughs> Look, silver. Yeah. Well, is, actually, is, I, the, the Christianity hey, angle is is also interesting to me because Carrie, uh, she also claims somebody, to be a Christian, which I think is way more interesting. Wait, this. So somebody in chat says, "Wait a minute, she's not quote not allowed to be conservative if she does." What do you mean not allowed? There's no conservative. You don't go to get your conservative paperwork somewhere. I mean, she can call herself whatever she wants. I'm saying that there are people for whom there are conservatives for whom that doesn't make sense. The same way that for me as a liberal, it doesn't make sense when a social justice person says that they're liberal when they support censorship. I'm just saying there are some conservatives. That's why we're in this, this place now where you have to define what all these terms mean because right. yeah, one right. person has been conservative in one way. And another person's using conservative in a different way. Kind of like so, what right. we were referring to before, right. where these ideas kind of shift over time, where, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, like if you were gay, like that was no, not happening. Like if you were concerned, you couldn't be conservative and gay. Like you, you wouldn't be accepted into a conservative movement if you, you know, did things with the same sex behind closed doors. That's a great point. But now it's like the majority of people I've interacted with in, in terms of the, the Republicans tend to be like, OK, with it. They're like they're like I, I, they, they, they've taken on more of this, you know, judge the sin, not the sinner kind of mantra. So, I mean, it's, it's a very, very big possibility that as time progresses, that will they'll be more accepting of things like people who work in the adult film industry, but are also have conservative values. I don't know. Just well, so. Since Carter wanted me to talk about the Christian part, I'll just say uh, there are lots of people, just like with conservative and liberal, I have to ask people what they mean when they say Christian. You know, when I was not a Christian, I had this idea of Christianity that was based on a lot of people who call themselves Christian, who who are, in my opinion, wolves in sheep's clothing, who are con artists and who are bad representation of Christ, of what Christ believed. And so, so I think anybody can call themselves a Christian, of course. Um, and who am I to say if they are, if they're not, but I think that they're, they're, uh, I know, I, I think if you're, if you're 
if you are um, engaged in por pornography, if you do that for a living, um, I think that you're deluding yourself if you think that uh, the Christian God is like, cool, that's like, <laughs> like I, I mean, our beliefs mean something. It, wouldn't be, the first, it like, wouldn't be the first time in history that somebody's taken the Bible and misinterpreted it to somehow conform to yeah, their personal yeah. ideologies. And what do you believe? Do you believe, see, the thing is, if you believe everything goes, well, then why do you even call you, like, why do you even call yourself a Christian anyway? I mean, why do you even... It, what, beliefs mean something. And if you're sort of like, well, this can go and that can go and everybody and, and you know, nothing's off limits. Oh, no, no, I, it, it's not. It's I don't even think it's that. It's like we, we are rationalization machines. Like we will yeah. have a, like, oh, if, we yeah. feel, if we feel a way, we'll find a way to make all the rest of our parts of our life just kind of work that way where, where it can still kind of. It's yeah. it's it's very rare that somebody hits a hard brick wall and goes, well, shit, I'm at a crossroads. Got to pick one or the other. Right. No, it's more like, right. yeah, well, maybe I can kind of, you know, th this, this thing here kind of makes sense if I read it this way. I don't know that there, there could be, I don't know. <laughs> that, so I, I love this point, Daniel, because as an atheist, I don't care what other Christians can squabble amongst themselves, whether she's a Christian, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but I will say <laughs> from the outside, I see a lot of Christians disagree with that about a lot of things with each other about a lot of things, all calling themselves Christians. I also see a lot of Christians saying, well, I interpret that part of the Bible to mean da 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 ba da ba da ba da If you have premarital sex as a Christian, as far as I can tell, that's not an, that's anti-Bible. Also, that's, that's a sin. Okay, right? I'm sure a lot of people would, would really argue if, if they had premarital sex and you said, well, they're, they're deluding themselves. They're not real Christians, right? Like, I, I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of disagreement. The Bible, the reason the Bible is not a good philosophic system is it's vague and it's open to interpretation. And that's provable because lots of people interpret it differently. All you have to do is look out at the world and go, damn, there's a lot of different interpretations of this thing. There are. And I don't know which one's right. I don't care which one is, quote, right. The point is, like, I, there are plenty of people who interpret whatever they want. As far as I can tell, there's no spot in the New Testament where Jesus said, hey, all that polygamy in the Old Testament, that's not allowed anymore. You're supposed to only have one wife. I don't see that. So, but I'm sure a lot of Christians would say polygamy is against the Bible. I don't know why they would say that, but they would. Well, Jesus, I mean, I didn't prepare for this, but when in the in the new testament it's like a whole another show doesn't it yeah but from what i understand yeah that is that there are lots of things in the old testament that jesus basically that doesn't apply like right like but when did he say people. this particular thing doesn't apply well, well, he God, did say you don't have to do sacrifices of lambs anymore he Can did I say that then? but um okay i guess my my point is there's lots of i we don't it's okay my point is there's lots of different interpretations in like oh she left my point is there's lots of different interpretations. I don't know what's right. Um, I don't know what the right interpretation is, but I don't think uh, I, I don't think it's not I don't think it's that obvious to everyone who calls themselves a Christian what is right and what's not right according to the Bible. Well, and that's, I don't know if Carrie's it's just her audio left. I don't know what happened. Well, here, here's what I'm looking at. That, that whole story is like they kicked her out for basically being a sinner. Like I thought we were supposed to judge the sin. Not there. What is it? Judge, whatever. 
you know how it goes. Judge, judge the sin, not the judge sinner. The sin, not the right. sinner. Right, right. And you know, right. you're supposed to treat. You know, she might be there trying to, you know, make a better life for herself. She might be on the way out of porn. She might not want to keep doing that for a I don't know what her story is, and I'm, I'm not sure that they did either. But I wonder how many of those people that were looking. Oh yeah, that. Yep, she does that. <laughs> Well, I mean, no, I just feel like I'm not prepared to have this argument with you. So I have to go off camera to get Bible verses because it does say, oh. Jesus does say, and I would prefer to have a, a pastor on here who's skilled in this, but it does say one man, one woman. And Jesus talked about this. So I had to go find verses. Oh, he does. Okay. So he, so he does yeah. say, he does well, say so no more says, polygamy. Well, he doesn't say no more polygamy. I mean, God, don't put words in his mouth. I, I was looking for verses about it. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to clarify. That's all. <laughs> okay. Uh, <clears throat> he answered, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female and said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. And, and there are other verses like that. I mean, I, if, if we could do another episode about it where I could prepare, I, for, I, I'm not trying to win like, this. I don't okay. care. Okay, my, well, my not, point is, I think right. it's open to interpretation, and many Christians would argue about it, and I'm sure other Christians would love to argue with you about it. I don't care. I don't want to argue about it. I don't care oh, either. Okay. And if you're a Christian who thinks right. polygamy is okay, well, I disagree with you, and I don't. I mean, I don't want to hang out with you. <laughs> like, I mean, I mean, I've like, as, I just as is your right. Right. Like, uh, yeah. I'm, yes, I, I mean, would support your right to not hang out with him. Yes. Not, I mean, that's not true. I I probably would have, and I have hung out with with some of those people before. Uh, but the point is, I look, look, here's the thing. My my church, for example, this is the first church I've ever been in that will withdraw fellowship from a member if they are living in sin and they are unrepentant. And when I first right. told Carter about this, I was like, I'd never been to a church that did this before. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like the first time it happened, they made an announcement at the end of a service. And it was actually about a family that was participating in polygamy and was unrepentant about it and did oh, not wow. want to change. Wow. And so and was also recruiting trying to recruit women in the right. church okay so right. here's the thing which by the, the way they, i said i liked when you told me that story right. I, I, okay, so I agreed with that here's my yeah. point is my church is a place where I, it's like a hospital for my soul i am going there to get instruction from someone i trust my elders the leaders to interpret the bible who i wish i could have on the show who who are uh, who know theology, who are skilled in this. I'm not, I'm some Christian newbie. But my point is I trust these men and and I trust them to create a, a community that is both welcoming for new people. In fact, we want atheists to come to service. Like Carter came. We want people of all beliefs to, to come. Everyone's welcome. But for membership, like what they've decided with our churches for membership, uh, there are verses in the Bible that talk about not judging non-believers in the same way that you judge believers. You're supposed to hold, like we were saying earlier, with your family members, if they're if they're addicts or if they're overeating, to because you're so close to them and they're your family, you love them. You're the one person that can help them by not giving them that $20, by saying, I'm sorry, I'm not going to let you, I'm not going to enable you because I love you. And they view it in the same way. If you are living in a sin that's destructive and you're a member, they're going to withdraw fellowship from you because they love you so much. They want you to repent of that sin and come back and seek that fellowship out. And I, right. they're love hoping their social pressure. Yeah, so, yes. Yeah. And I love yeah. that about my church and you can be a yeah. non-member and any, doesn't matter. But if you've, if you've accepted Jesus, if you're part of the church, if you've, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you've accepted Jesus as your 
Lord and Savior and you are, and you become a member of the church, then they're like, we are shepherds and you are a flock. And we are going to keep wolves out of the flock. And we are doing it because we love you. And if you yourself are on the wrong path, we're going to meet with you and counsel you. We're not just kick you out. We're going to talk with you. But if you're unrepentant, then then we're going to withdraw fellowship because we want maybe that'll be the thing like like a person withdrawing from a loved one with an addiction and refusing to enable them. That might be the thing that helps you hit rock bottom. I am so happy. I have that at my church because look, if I get off the path, it's like, I want to be held accountable the same way with the loved ones in my life telling me you have a drinking problem or you have a carb problem (laughs) or whatever the problem is, you know? So Look, I know there's viewers in our audience today who are going to be like, Carrie's yeah. crazy. What? No, no, I'm, I'm I, actually seeing Lady Lady Della. Hey, lady, I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> she said, you better conform or else. And I, I didn't get that at all. I mean, I think no. there's no. some element of, of social pressure missing for sure. And I don't think this is a conform or else thing as much as it's, uh, well, yes, we're going to allow you into our group. You're welcome to go wherever else you want. They're not making you stay. You stay. They're just no. saying, hey, if you want to continue to be a membership of a member of this church, then these are the things that we kind of, uh, you know, these are the rules we agree to, and these are the things that we right. we do, and this is how we we operate and we live, and we kind of expect you to do the same thing. And I, I I think honestly, that's, that's one of the things I'm, I miss about not going to church anymore is the fact that, you know, there's no like atheist church, or atheist community where everybody gets together and you know we 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 talk talk the the good word or whatever that that may be and and hold each other accountable and do those kinds of things the community aspect is hugely missing from an atheist standpoint and that's that's something that you have to be yeah. really really uh, uh, uh cognizant about building on your own where in, in yeah. yeah i yeah. miss it as well daniel like i i miss it as well and i just want to clarify when you told me that story about your church i admire your church for that because i think if you're going to have a belief system you should take it seriously. Yes. And so I I do think that your church taking their interpretation of the Bible seriously and holding people to account is a good thing. So yes. I like I I I agree with that. I'm not I was never arguing against that. My I only know. point as an outsider was that's one church in Texas. There's thousands of churches that have different interpretations that hold people to different accounts or maybe don't hold them to account at all, depending yeah, on the church. I, I agree know. with that. Right. Yeah, and and I, so I, that's I do, all. I do wonder if there's something that you disagree with from your church and like specifically you see some kind of scripture that like doesn't quite make sense and you have a disagreement. How, how is that? I don't know if you've, if you've gone there long enough to experience this, but how, how is that handled? How would that be approached if you had a, Oh, well they, my, our, my preacher loves questions. We've interviewed him on the show before and so, for example, I mean, I do disagree with them on some things. I know like we had a um, one of the elders, not my preacher, but one of the elders gave a sermon on evolution. And I don't actually know if I agree with him on some of what he was saying. But it, but it's not like I don't know. It's that's not the same. That's 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 sort of what do I think about this thing versus how are you living? How are you living if right. you're living in a way that is um that is not in accordance with with what we claim to believe, what our church believes, and, and you're a member, then they're going to say, "Hey, like this is not good for you." And <laughs> like we wouldn't be we wouldn't be loving you the way a family member does if you have addiction if we didn't talk about this. And and yeah, for anybody who's misunderstanding me, since this is a personal thing and I revealed it, give, allow me just a few more minutes to say something. Earlier, when I said I wouldn't hang out with you if you're polygamous, I was just reacting out of irritation towards Carter. 
I would, and I have hung out with, I hang out with people who believe in all kinds of different things. And, and I, my civility dinners, it's like, we have people who are Christian, who are atheists, who are Republicans, Democrats, like third party voters. Like I actually don't, I don't have a, I think Carter would even say, and has said, like, I have a pretty open, he's more. Oh, I think you're, I think it's too open. <laughs> I'm, I'm very open. <laughs> I'm much and, more selective about who I'll <laughs> hang out with than Carrie is. Yes, yeah, I'm very open. <laughs> but where I, I go to worship, okay, I can't go to one of these woke churches. I know people who are there who are trying to help from the inside. I can't do that because I need, it's like, a, it's like I said, it's my hospital for, for, for my spirit. I need a strong leader and I need strong um, belief and they people who actually believe in, in what they say they believe in and demonstrate it through their actions. And I need the sheepdog. And in this case, I'm the sheep. Yes, that's okay. I'm the part of the flock. I need a shepherd. And so I can't be at a church that has no boundaries. When I first started, um, when I first opened my mind and heart to God, and I was trying out different churches, there were, of course, a lot of social justice people who were telling me, oh, you should come to my church. And you know, this is after I'd already started going through, I'd already gone through the door of like the spiritual center, which was what I needed at the time. And then I found something a little more focused and a little more focused. And, but as I was on that path, there were people who were saying like, oh, you should come to my church. Um, we're, we're so open-minded and we, this and that and everything goes and sort of thing. And I'm like, no, like I can get that in the culture. I get that in the world. Like, I don't need that. That's not what I'm going to church for. Okay, like, and that's not what I look to God for. My God isn't like, yeah, Carrie, whatever you want to do, you be you. It's empowering, Carrie. No, it's effing not. And I need to go, like, God loves me like a father. He doesn't want me hurting myself and destroying myself and destroying my soul. He was not like, oh, Carrie, go for it. That's freedom. That's empowerment. That's feminism, Carrie. Do it. No. <laughs> So I hope I'm making myself, I'm sorry, I'm ranting. I, I don't know, I'm, I'm starting to th feel like there's a through line that goes through this whole entire conversation. Yes, is there that, is. Is, is, that, is that boundaries, we need boundaries. We need to learn how to acknowledge them, create them, accept them, make them. Yes. And, and stick yes. with them. you know, it's just, it's, and that goes with the addiction stuff that goes with the porn stuff that goes with the religious stuff, like everything. It's like kind of a general through line that I kind of noticed through everything. Yeah. And I'm sorry, no. Carter, I wasn't irritated with you. I think it was your tone and my tone got into a tangling thing. I was like, I don't no, want I mean, to defend look, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not, like, again, I'm an atheist. I don't really care whether, like, I, my only, you know, I, I'm just trying to say what I think is interesting is that there is a split in the conservative slash Christian conservative world. And I don't really, I'm just as an outsider, th there does seem to be a, a bunch of people who are like, it's about the politics we may or may not approve of what people do in their personal lives, but it's about, it's a political movement. And there's, but there's definitely a movement that's like, there's a particular kind of Christianity that goes along with conservatism and that's what they're, they're pushing. And, and that's something that I think there's a split happening in, in the conservative oh, yeah, movement there, there, right? Yeah. Um, like, in, like on the left, yeah. there's a split yes. happening. Yes. It's really and interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I've, and I've so attending a lot of that's conservative. All. <laughs> I've been attending a lot of conservative events, and it gets really difficult to bite your tongue on certain issues, especially as an atheist and an anarchist. It's like, yeah. <laughs> guys, come on! But it's not the place. It's not the place to bring it up. Yeah, yeah. All right. 
we are gonna why don't we uh let's do some super chats carrie and then let's end on the thing that okay. you want to end on uh we get into the real meaty stuff and then there's tons of chats guys i'm sorry i'm sorry we can't keep up with all of them but yeah let's do there's a lot of chat. christians that are very pissed off in chat at me and at me with daniel but most Aww. no they're okay. pissed off at me porn's horrible you're horrible <laughs> atheists suck atheist fellowship is funny thing it's like all right, all right. yeah i got it it's, it's okay carter and i disagree very passionately on some things and still we love each other and Daniel's yeah look here. i wasn't even i don't even feel like i was really disagreeing with you i was just yeah, like trying to make an observation about conservatives i'm like yeah i don't know you guys can decide for yourselves what the fuck conservatism is and whether porn fits into christianity i don't care i don't care either i'm Nobody's neither a porn no, star nor a christian all... i don't care yeah, as long as everybody's getting along and everybody is there's no there's no force involved and people are doing it you know consensually hey you do you man i don't care <sighs> jeremy says i All love right. this discussion but i do think it got away from the original question a little bit yeah it did i agree sure but that's also some of the best conversations sometimes like when you're just having dinner with friends and it just your conversation evolves. oh yeah those are the better conversations yeah yeah, yeah that's fine <laughs> Uh, all right. It, it just shows how everything's tied together yes. in some fashion or another. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and just to just to uh, trigger you guys, Daniel, Daniel and I are going to go start an atheist fellowship community. All right. Good. Um, <laughs> donations are 10% of your income. Yeah. An anarchist atheist fellowship community. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why don't we just call ourselves Satanists already? Yeah, I know. Greg, um, Greg, Greg said, uh, let's be oh, honest. I have a hat problem. That's true. <laughs> I know she problem. does. I wish well, I in fairness, she's hat. been struggling with it. Sometimes the hat's not there and she has her days of victory, but today is a failure. <laughs> the hat's there. She's still wearing it. Uh, all right. Pirate Tomsky gives us five pounds and says, it's not that they don't want you to change. Your own improvement reflects their bad behaviors. It shines a mirror back on themselves. He's talking about addiction and he's correct. Um, we've, we've talked about that before, right? That's why he's talking about when you stop doing something like drinking and you have people in your life that don't support that. It's because you're shining a mirror back on them showing like, oh, it is possible to, to change your behavior yeah. and they don't like that. Um, Andrew Knapps gives us, Andrew Knapp gives us five bucks and says, our culture is intent on calling vices virtues. Instead of working hard, they seem to redefine words to define themselves as successful. Uh, Let's see. Little Ragamuffin says uh, she quotes Carrie's secret crush, Johnny Cash, uh, and says, it's good to know who hates you and to be hated by the right people. I love that quote. Whoa, that's a great quote. I, I got I got to inject here for a moment. Sorry. I, I know this is not a super chat. I just saw one it's go okay. by. You can do murder consensually, but doesn't make it right. Please explain. No, you can't that do murder consensually. Of, please explain <laughs> well, that. How, there how was you that. Murder without changing the freaking definition of murder. Yeah, you can't. Definitionally, it's, like, it's impossible. Like that cannibal who put out an ad for people. That's not eat. murder. It's consensual. When right. it's consensual, it's not murder. There's a different word for that. I don't know. Suicide? <laughs> Suicide, yes. Homicide? Murder is killing someone against their will. If I have terminal cancer and I ask Daniel to kill me, that's not murder. It's assisted suicide. Right. Uh, all right. Four ninety nine from All Right, All Right, All Right, who says... Check out Lambda Bible Studies in the episode Evangelism Inside Decay. A guy shared his testimony about giving up alcohol and porn. It's powerful stuff. Um, and Thank the last one is from TPS that says, questionable job and political ally is different than church. 
Right. Well, that's the thing. There's, I think there's a group of conservatives who are viewing the conservative movement more as a church and less as a political allyship. And that's where the bifurcations happen. Um, all right. <laughs> I think are we, we got through them. Good. Yes. Thank you guys for <sighs> sticking with us during that. This is a, this is a long one. It was good this though. I mean, I kind of like having, I really like having these conversations, although they, you have to be vulnerable because you're, well, like me being put, felt like I was felt like I was put on the spot sort of thing. It's like, you, you have to be vulnerable to not articulating yourself well, because you're having a conversation that's not a bunch of talking points and you're just sort of trying to explain what's in your head to someone else who right. probably doesn't agree with what's in your head. And they're trying to tell you what's in theirs. Well, and whenever we get emotional, it's always hard for any of us to articulate well once emotions yes. well up inside of you. It becomes very difficult to be articulate at that point. And, and so. anybody who is watching this and expecting you to give us a, a full dissertation on your belief system in that moment, like snap right away. I, they're idiots. They probably don't need to be on your channel anymore. Go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, we're having a we're having a free free free, well, not as free flowing as the words that I'm trying to say. Conversation, <laughs> we don't know where it's gonna go. We don't. We're gonna end um, on something funny. Yeah, we are gonna end on something funny. By the way, this is just an. I'm gonna say this lovingly to the Christians that are in the audience because there's a lot of Christians that, um, like give me jabs, mostly loving jabs, whatever at me for being an atheist. I'm I'm the atheist on the show and. Uh, I'm just going to give you a piece of advice. Uh, condescending arrogance about the idiocy of atheism will never convince me <laughs> or any other atheist. So, like, no, if you want to be, if you want to convince me, try a different tactic because your condescension I just makes me here. hate you more. I, I arrived here. Sorry, I arrived here through logic. The only way I'm getting back <laughs> out is through logic. Yes. <laughs> Right. And the opposite's true, too. So if you are a Christian who uses that, I would say, think about if an atheist uses condescension to you, it doesn't, it's not going to change your point of view. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, you believe in it. It's not a good tactic in general. <laughs> yeah, I know. I see. How, Whenever I see people dumb. make Sky God right. comments, it's like, okay, like, I don't. That's why I don't say Sky God comments, right? Because yeah. it's not helpful. I'm not trying to piss people off. That's not my goal. Yeah. Um, and I've never, I've never met a Christian who you've said like made a sky god comment to, and have them go, "Oh, I hadn't thought of it that way." <laughs> like, like, all right. Nor have I ever met an atheist when someone's like, "You guys are Satanists," and like, "Oh shit, I didn't realize." Like, it doesn't that that doesn't work, guys? It doesn't work. Uh, all right, let's do Carrie's. Let's do Carrie's thing. Uh, wait, which thing is it? I, I'm uh, now I'm just magazine. a boomer. Oh, and I've oh, got one other picture to send you. The one that I wasn't supposed to look at, but did. So, you guys, a shame I, wish, that I, did. I wish I had not shown this to Carter until the live stream, because I, I gave it to him right before we started, and his pure reaction was just so funny. He laughed so hard, and I don't think he can repeat that. Actually, actually the first words out of my mouth were, sometimes I hate you, Carrie, <laughs> for sharing this with me. Oh, you said, is this real? Uh, <laughs> oh, that's right. No, that's right. First, I said, "Is this real?" And then you said, "Yes." And I said, "Sometimes I hate you, Carrie." Uh, <laughs> here it is, Carrie. Would you like to explain it for the audience that's listening? Uh, for anybody that's just listening, <laughs> it's a magazine. It's for dogs. It's for dog groomers. It's called Groomer to Groomer, 
and it's got two <laughs> SJWs on the cover. One has two ladies, one has orange, bright orange hair, and one has bright green hair that's half shaved. It's the SJW haircut. And then they have a trophy, a dog trophy. And the the one of the top stories in this magazine is a deep dive into dog diversity. <laughs> <laughs> is it possible to be a dog owning bigot because you have the wrong dogs? Is that a thing? I don't Gro know. Groomer to groomer. This this feels like in the back, like uh, classified ads or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, all I could think about was better. was Rotterdam. I know. I was thinking about the the UK. <laughs> Gang, the, the rape gangs when I saw the yeah, title. Yeah, that, yeah, was, grooming what gang. What is this? Yeah. Well, first, first I thought of uh, Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay and Peter Bogosian's dog park, uh, rape culture at the dog park. Oh, paper. yeah. And yeah, yeah. that made me laugh because it's like a deep dive into dog diversity. Are you kidding me? Dogs are woke now. Uh, but when, then I also. I, sorry. Yeah. Well, then I also thought of this next image I sent you, Carter. Do you guys remember the... Oh, wait, you sent me another one? Yeah, the fact that this cover doesn't have a dog on it just makes me think that the the uh, headline here, a deep dive into dog diversity, means they're referring to the two people on there as dogs. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> like, like, not, I mean... No, it's... it's it's an optics thing, you know? You, you need to, like, yeah, sure. learn how to merge thing. your things to appropriately go with your image. Mm -hmm. And if anybody is looking to make fun of this, this is not a hard one. Yeah. No, this it's pretty real... easy to make fun of. You know, people in the chat are asking if this is real. Yeah, this is a real magazine. This is real. Yeah, it is. Carrie, wait, where did you send me the other thing? What is, what's, what's the other thing you uh, sent me? On Signal. It's an image. I sent it to uh, you and Beverly. I should have just sent it to yeah, you. Oh, you sent it to both of us. Okay. I see. Yeah. Hold on. Let me. I got to download the image, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, hold on. So as Carter's pulling this up, it also made me think of uh, do you guys, if you fans of, are you fan, Daniel, of Christopher Guest movies? Do you remember Best in Show? Uh, no, I'm not familiar with that. He's oh, the mockumentary. You gotta watch Christopher Guest movies, dude. I don't, I don't know. I don't watch a lot of movies and stuff. Just I don't have well, time. Well, so there, he's the guy that did Spinal Tap. But the end, at the end of Best in Show, there's a part where they, two of the ladies, this lesbian couple, they start a magazine called American Bitch, and it's about lesbian dog owners. <laughs> And that's when I immediately saw this, like, Groover to Groover. It's got the two ladies on there. They got their orange and their, their green hair. And it made me think of that movie. But anyway. All right. I wrote it down. I guess I'll check it out. Right. This, yeah. Look at that cover image. back there. American yeah. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same magazine. It is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, I mean, hey, but look, they gave it a shot. They gave, they tried, you know, I mean, you're not going to, you're not going to, you know, win a hundred percent of the time, but you know, if you're not going to, you're going to lose all the shots if you don't take any of them. Right. Thank you, Wayne Gretzky. Yeah. Might as well, might as well take a shot, you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think we have, let's just do Pirate Tomsky's super chat and then we can and end. We'll is everyone off. cool with that? Okay. Pirate Tomsky said, this is supposed to be said in a movie trailer voice. <laughs> groomer to groomer, the latest sitcom to come from the radical leftist movement. <laughs> Fantastic. You, <laughs> On that you, note, Brian. Daniel, remind people where they can find you. You can find me at unframeofmind.com. It's like frame of mind, but unframe of mind. And I'm anywhere on any of the socials at unframe of mind. That's pretty much it. 
Alrighty. Thank you, Daniel, for hanging out with us today for and bringing yeah, I, your uncomfortable conversations here. It was a lot of fun. I didn't expect to go as long, but I, I think it was worth every minute. You guys are awesome. Yeah, sorry. It was way longer than I expected as well. And I, I do appreciate your time. Oh, I'm, so. not, I'm not mad about uh, it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching. Please don't forget to hit that subscribe button uh, and piss Susan off. Give her a bad weekend. Hit subscribe. Later. Peacefully, peacefully hit it. Peacefully, peacefully hit the subscribe. Peacefully be... <laughs> Peace, peacefully protest that subscribe button. Bye. Ask the subscribe button for consent. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms. Well, mostly. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to its thinky talk. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and will be recycled as part of our sustainability program. Don't be sad. You can't make an omelet without purging all dissidents. Honestly. I am worried that you have been exposed to extremist content. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.